On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick might set a new recording record because the docket is loaded with Star Wars content today. They'll of course take a deep dive through Mando S2E2 while also making predictions for S2E3. Of course, they'll also have some speculations based on a recent Grief Cardboard interview and a few Topps card leaks which may reveal a new look for a big bad. Matt will have a new Star Wars comic book breakdown while Nick will riff on a Boba Fett series rumor. The dudes will also talk about Leslie Headland's series, George's initial sequel trilogy vision where Maul was the big bad, and of course, they'll touch on the latest new Star Wars collectibles. All this will go down before this week's fan segment, which will offer up some feedback on the latest episode of Mando and this week's honoring of the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. Cue the music. Everybody, wake up or do something because we're here. And who is we? Matt and Nick. That's right. I do not have a mouse in my pocket. I have my friend over there down south. We're getting ready to talk some Star Wars. And if you didn't already tune out because of that overly long intro, you know there is a lot of shit to talk about. And shit is a key word. Some of it is shit. Some of it is great. We're in the middle of Mandalorian. Not in the middle, but we're in the Mandalorian season two season, which means there's always going to be some hardcore geeking out on that franchise. But before we get there, we've got some other things to deal with. And at the end, we will definitely, definitely, definitely talk some toys and some fan appreciation. Uh, I will say, Nick, this week... We're going to try to move things along because I've got some life stuff going on. And that is, I've been married 13 years today. I've been with the same woman for 15 years straight. I know. Give me a medal. Thank you. Thank you. My armpits are sweating already, which means (laughs) my under titties will start sweating soon. Uh, So we're going to try to move things along, keep things going, so I can basically start having a party with my wife, the kid, get outside. We got this crazy nice weather going on up north, so trying to take advantage of that. Made it out this past weekend with two shoots, two toy Mm -hmm. photography shoots from the crazy guy, uh, and I was somewhat pleased with the results, so hopefully getting those edited and out over the next year. Because we all know (laughs) how I roll when it comes to editing my toy shots. But lots of new toys coming in. If you've been following my stories on Haywood Pop, I am a complete asswipe. I've canceled a lot. I mean, Nick, last week I took the step and canceled over $600 in pre-orders. Nice. Well done. It's starting it's like uh, this this self-help group is starting to uh, have an effect on me. I tried to cancel my Popeye shit. I couldn't because I had a, a prepayment plan down, uh, but it's working. And I'm getting motivated to sell more after what has been going on with the Funko Pop fire sale here at Haywood HQ, man. Cause <laughs> you see the money coming in instead it, of going out and you're it's like, ridiculous. This, this feels good. Let's I just like put the it, money coming in. Let's put it this way. After selling about 120 pops, we are able to pay cash to get our fireplace fixed, 
which if you own a home, it's not cheap. All the refresh or whatever they're called, the panels are all fucked up. Uh, I almost burnt the house down last year because I like to start uh, infernos inside. <laughs> I mean, I like Nick. I like to get the fire so fucking hot. I wager I could I could uh, have a a smelt right. I, I could start. Yeah, you could you could have melting like a Frodo. metal. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so uh, just again, pop sales. And this is like not even two, three year olds pops. We made enough to pay for that in cash and she's getting new flooring for one room of the house. So if you got those Funko pops and you're feeling bad like me that you might have fallen down another beanie baby trap, it's not true. There are a lot of fucking crazy people still out there. And I'm just now getting into my prized ones like the Rorschach from Watchmen, which goes for 900 plus. Holy uh, shit. So just wait. I love it. I love it. There now I need go. to start selling that fucking Star Wars shit. So um, that's about it. I mean, we, we want to get right to the right to the Star Wars talk. I want to sit here and pound my chest like a gorilla because I'm so fucking good at Star Wars, in particular, the Mandalorian speculation these days. I mean, for Christ's sakes, people. If you go back and check out some of my trailer breakdowns and speculations for the Mandalorian season two, this guy knows his shit. I've never said I'm a leaker, so I'm not going to get stuff 100% correct. We are speculators. There's a huge difference. But so far, two episodes into The Mandalorian, I believe I deserve some sort of fucking trophy. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. I'll, I'll fill everyone in when we get there, but I'm killing it. I'm fucking killing it. Yeah. Bow yeah. down before Zod. <laughs> uh, all right. Wrong franchise. All right, my friend, let's go ahead and get right into the topics. We're going to kind of blow through some of these, spend some time on Mando, and then circle jerk our way through the rest of the cast here. The goal is to get done in under three hours, maybe even two and a half. And you motherfuckers don't act like we're shortchanging you because you get all this content for free week in and week out. All right, man, first up on the docket here. We had a new Star Wars comic drop last week. All right. And I have to say, my friend over there, it sucked. <laughs> uh, you know, these segments I'm usually really excited about. There, there's some fun stuff to discuss. There's always some new canon to uh, uh, drop on the Star Wars Time Show fan base. But Star Wars number eight, 2020, which thank God was the culmination of just this little uh, something like the yeah, the Will of Tarkin thread. Thank God it's over, like I said, but uh, issue eight dropped last week. I did my little breakdown review. If you want to check out the video, it's there for you to look at. Um, but outside of just the new little canon that dropped in it, my friend, th this comic was, uh, I, I guess, the way you felt about episode two of The Mandalorian. It was just... Uh, there was no motivation to turn the page to see what's going to happen next, even though I do it digitally. So I guess I'm just doping, <laughs> dopingly tapping on it. But it's just blah, blah, blah. And I don't want to say it's because it's a Leia and Zara focused. It just wasn't a good story. But we yeah. did we did get some new canon out of here. And that's the fact that our boy, Luke Skywalker, who at this point still doesn't know he's related to Leia Skywalker, saved her from an assassination attempt that would have worked without a hitch if it weren't for Lukey boy and his force powers. So uh, that was really the only addition to canon I found somewhat worth talking about. 
Um, outside of the fact that this commander, Zara of the Imperials, is a fucking badass. Like, uh, Imperial women seem to always be pretty badass. I mean, there's I, been I mean, some in old canon, there's some in current canon, there's some in video games. Like, that, like bad... This is why I think that they need to have more bad female villains in Star Wars, because they're all really good. Yeah, so uh, just to recap what she does to earn the badass uh, moniker here, she takes, like, five stormtroopers, straps on jetpacks, leaves her, her Star Destroyer, which she's commanding the entire fleet, right? Yeah. Leaves it with these people, fucking rocketeers her ass over to Leia's capital <laughs> ship, breaks in. Kills a bunch of rebels by herself, and she's using fucking swords and shit. Like, she'll blast and swords, okay? Yeah. She she knows enough to disable the safety protocols on Leia's ship's engine. So essentially, if Leia doesn't meet her demands, she's going to blow up the entire ship. We know how Leia acts. She loves people. Gets her right down there. And Zara, Nick, p- plays with her as if she's game. It's like they're in a it's like they're in a, 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 a hunting safari. <laughs> Leia is the prey and Zara is the predator. I mean, just taking pot shots at her, throwing her sword at her, cutting her arm, bleeding her, as Zara likes to say. And honestly, if it weren't for Luke, it was lights out for Leia. Yeah. And honestly, if it weren't for Vader, it was probably lights out for Luke, too, because she makes Luke look like a fucking putz. <laughs> and she's like, brother, the only reason I'm not taking you and her out right now is because Vader specifically said, I'm not allowed to fuck with this guy named Luke Skywalker. That's it. And she gives him the peace sign and again, rocketeers her ass back to her ship just in time to get away. <laughs> so Zara is a badass. Luke's still kind of a pussy. (laughs) And Leia almost got assassinated. That's what we got out of this most recent comic. Um, Thankfully, a a new thread is starting in the next, that'll be Star Wars number 9, 2020. And I'll pick up with that probably now, what, November-ish, December? So, yeah, there you go, my friends. There's your report on that comic. And, And just based on the views of this video, which I think were 10, I think everyone also got the idea that it kind of sucked. Yeah, <laughs> it's you can only have super good comic runs for so long. Not every one of them can be a, a banger. So yeah, and and honestly, the the Star Wars proper has never been as intriguing as the Vader, the Vader. runs. Yeah, because uh, there, there's a lot more characters to focus on, and you can see they go different directions. Where Vader, it's just laser focused on Mister Angry. Uh, so it is what it is, but it, it was just kind of disappointing. I mean, it's the first time I got through an issue and just like, hmm. Ah, yeah, okay, well, I guess <laughs> might as well do something with it, so there there you go, there's your shitty video to watch. Okay, th- this next one is just kind of a PSA, I'm sure most people that listen to the show have seen this, uh, the trailer went out for the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, we got a new poster too, I mean, Nick, based on the trailer, it's exactly what we were expecting, Yep. Uh, it's going to be 100% Lego Star Wars cheeky. Uh, we're going to have interactions you never thought possible. There's going to be Ray fighting Vader, Maul showing up in different timelines, Ray dropping in the Luke's lap when he's doing the trench run, uh, <laughs> Ray meeting his master when he's still farm boy. So I, I think it's going to be a really uh, entertaining. It's probably going to be 30 minutes tops, 40 minutes. Yeah, um, probably so. And it's coming out next week. That, that, that This time next week, it should be available on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, so we'll talk about this 
not next week since it'll drop on the day that we record it we'll probably talk about it the week after yeah and i i don't know i like i love the lego shit but none of the lego stuff is considered canon so i i don't think i'm gonna do any sort of no coverage of this just outside of i liked it or i hated it yeah i think that that's all that's necessary i will say that the new poster that dropped for it's really cool it mirrors a lot of the (laughs) you know the movie posters you have your your good girl and your bad guy and then everybody else kind of going down the row so Uh, i just uh, like how everyone else is is in their usual costumes but fucking poe is is always wearing a christmas sweater christmas sweater (laughs) for for this holiday special so he he gets into the season he likes it he's the man but lego lego star wars holiday special the new version, the one that is still going to honor Life Day and all that shit, dropping next week, November 17, on Disney+. Plus. Nice. There you go. How's that for fucking speedy? Yeah, getting through it. Matt's got things to do, people. This is, and also a lot of the shit in this episode is small stuff. Yeah, I mean, if, if the, trust me, we'll, we'll probably get in our usual loops and stupid nerdy tangents when, once we get to the actual Mando talk. But, you know, for now, we're just kind of covering some shit. And like I said, that comic sucked cock. Okay, so uh, those of you that are like myself and you tend to focus more on fake shit than real life doings. Uh, you probably have seen this next topic uh, popping up throughout your socials last week. And that is, the f- that is the fact that a lot of people now are starting to promote a rumored Boba Fett spinoff. Yeah. Um, we, we've heard so many rumors about Disney Plus spinoffs that will spawn from The Mandalorian. Uh, the Cara Dune and Bo-Katan, please don't happen. I Which mean, I'm pretty sure at this point, given to this this one and one that we talk about later is squashed. And so. the fact that Gina Carano is just clearly a fucking moron. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you saw her last week on Twitter. No. Uh, dude, she's a fucking dumb fuck. I mean, she is like one of these COVID fucking dipshits and a democracy idiot uh i I don't want to get in the shit here but uh, spoiler alert america is still royally fucked okay (laughs) we might have had election and the world thinks some guy won don't worry shit is just fucked just as fucked here last week as it was i mean this week as it was last week uh but gene is a fucking dumb asshole Right. I mean, she gets punched. She used to get punched in the head for a little. Like, like I, it does not. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, I, I, I get that that type. But it's just like, read the room, idiot. And people are want to get uh, worked up about free speech. You don't have fucking free speech, especially on social media. Social media, I can block you. What's so free about that? Social media, she can say whatever the fuck she wants. But guess what? So can Disney. So yeah. if she does kind of get brushed aside and care becomes a lesser role, don't come at us with this cancel culture bullshit. Freedom People get them fucking selves canceled with their own freedom of speech, you fucking idiots. Not freedom from consequences. Jesus. Smart people say you have all, the all ability the f- and the freedom to say whatever you want, but you also have the, the freedom exactly. to take the consequences that come along. All, with all freedom speech. of speech means in this country, you can't get arrested for what you say for the most part. That's about it. Outside yeah. of that, you are held accountable for your actions just like you would if you ran into a fucking theater and started screaming fire. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> the whole the whole cancel culture, it's it's ridiculous. People get themselves canceled. Yeah. Anyway, right? for this this uh, rumored Boba Fett spinoff, we picked up the story from Deadline. And then by the time I put it up, they had kind of amended it and updated it. Basically, 
what happened was they they caught scent of a of a new production listed by the by the name of I think it was Buccaneer. Um, it was it was on like the the Hollywood in production things, everything like that. People were like Boba. This is Boba Fett spinoff. But then after a little bit of, you know, digging and a little bit of confirmation and talking to some sources, turns out that Buccaneer is just season three of Mando that is now starting production in December. So the f- really, at first, people were like, this is it, Boba Fett spinoff confirmed due to this posting on, uh, I believe it was uh, Production Weekly. That's what it was. Uh, but it, it turned out to be Mando season three. Um, wah, wah. So the, the Boba Fett rumor still persists. There's still a lot of, you know, buzz around a potential Boba Fett spinoff. But what people thought was... The confirmation of the spinoff turns out it's not. Okay. Um, well, I guess real quick before we move on, let, let's just run with the idea. I mean, knowing what we know now, in my mind, a Boba spinoff makes a, a ton of fucking sense. Yeah, dude, I would go back. Like, honestly, d- well, depending on what we see in Mando season two play out, you have two options. If it leaves Boba Fett kind of open ended at the end, then you can continue forward. But if it doesn't and Boba Fett's kind of wrapped up in a bow in season two, then you can go back. To right. basically right after the fight on the on the skiff and see what happens to him. Right. Like see see him come out of the Sarlacc pit. See what he does when he first totally. gets out. There's, there's there's a lot of time to cover there. You're talking the same amount of time between, you know, Mando and ROTJ. You got like six years of Boba's yeah, life. It's the same shit. No, that and that's kind of where I went with that when I saw this. I was like, you know, at this point, I wouldn't even be mad if if they if they are running this way and we don't see Boba again until season three. And this is what they've been priming us for this delivery, my friends. Uh, John, Dave, it was all telegraphed, yeah. right? We're going to be expanding the world of Mandalorian, which in turn is going to expand the world of proper Star Wars. It's not always going to be Mando, 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 which we've seen so far it is and I, i'm going to address some of my bad predictions and why i'm an idiot but uh, it, it'd be I, I mean to me oh yeah boba's still here but then he just goes away it keeps that mystery going it keeps us guessing and speculating and then yeah a little a little four-parter or just a one season run uh the life of boba post sarlacc and and what are what are his motivations why has he been tracking it seems like mandalorians landing on tatooine why the fuck hasn't he tried to get off the planet like a lot of people <laughs> where's the slave one i mean so yeah there's a lot of questions that surround his pre-entry into Mando so I think I mean, it, it would he, be the perfect thing to do right and quite frankly at this point the way he's been brought back into the fold this character out of any of the rumored spinoffs makes the most sense for a spinoff yeah the Kara and Bo shit is wacky okay mm-hmm uh, the Ezra and Thrawn stuff is is just a fan dream. It, it doesn't yet make sense for it to be a spin off in quotes of the Mandalorian. Uh, it could be its own fucking series, but it would not yeah. be tied to the Mandalorian. And I really do think Disney is using the Mando as its launching point. It is the Iron Man of Disney's TV series. I, we hopefully will start seeing standalone series with focus on characters popping up or more characters coming in. So I would, I would be at this point all for a Boba spinoff just based on how he's been brought back canon wise in the Mandalorian. Totally agree. I think it's a good move. People love the character. People love the characters 
I mean, the character 40 years ago. So, of course, they, they're still on that Boba Fett train. And really, if it's the same, you know, tone, if it's the same kind of, you know, Western motif as we have in The Mandalorian, clearly people are attracted to that. So if you apply that same model to Boba Fett, I think it would be successful. Uh, yeah, maybe not even genre correct, but as long as they keep the process, the volume, the the some of the same crew, some of the same people overseeing the tales, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. I, I have I have all the faith in the world now. In Disney, in particular, they're the Star Wars TV shit. Don't get crazy. I at this point I don't trust them uh, for shit when it comes to the movies. But they have not done us wrong on the TV program so far. So keep at it. Keep doing what you're doing as long as John or Dave are tangentially attached. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, <laughs> just let man. John. Just let John. Uh, I mean, Dave be the the arbiter of all stars. Yeah, Wars he's he's content. done right. And and like uh, Greggy Boy, the twinkle the twinkle titty is saying in the chat here. It, I, I agree. Let, let's not get nuts. I mean, so far, we're all sitting here waiting for X, Y, and Z major characters to show up. You got to remember, these are coming from fucking assholes. Like, literally, the poo-flinger leakers. Yeah. Uh, the only one I think is guaranteed going down is Rosario, just because of all the fails by proper Disney uh, European accounts. Yeah, yeah, that is for sure confirmed. So, so but I, but it is he is right. I mean, we this can't just turn into a cameo fest or a, you know, fan tickle my taint type of experience where it's nothing but fan service. Uh, we've seen what happens with pure fan service and that is Tross. You get some really great moments, then you get some really fucking head scratching fast forward who cares about plot type of moments. So, um so far so good. But definitely uh, I would take Bob at this point. Yeah, agree. Uh, what do we got next? I even forget. Mando. Oh, all right, we're there we see. Look at that. Look at that, Mando. people. By this time, we're usually still hemming on hauling about the dumb shit we've done throughout the past week. So this is going to be a fucking quick episode. I'm not saying it's my favorite. I know Nick these days would prefer not to spend so much time doing this nonsense, but uh, at the end of last week, when I was almost crying talking to everyone, that that's like genuine shit. I really do have a. I look forward to this time throughout the week for the most part. Um, but you know, you gotta spend some time with the family here. It's really, I want to drink. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't mind a three hour long podcast. I know like basically before every show I sit down, I'm like, let's try to keep it under three hours. But then once it happens, I'm like, you know what? That was fun. I enjoy it. But like for this one in particular, I'm like, Matt, it's your fucking wedding anniversary. Right. We shouldn't even be doing the show today. I like, mean, it, it, here's the deal tomorrow. I, I'm not, it's not like I'm just a complete, uh, uh, cock sucking husband. All right. <laughs> uh, we both know it, we, I knew it was the anniversary. I got a thoughtful gift. It was ready to go. We, we both work and we still have a little one at home that essentially goes to my preschool. Uh, so it's not like we were going to do anything crazy today anyways. And, and the wife had to work until four or five. So it is what it is, but it is right. I, I would like to get off, enjoy some of this weird, warm weather here in November and, and have a few pops. Because I love to eat and drink. Why do you think I piss so much during these shows? It's, it's, <laughs> it's three factors. I, I eat a clean diet all week long. On, on the weekend, I don't. So my body holds an intense amount of water. 
that water starts to come flowing out all day Monday and Tuesday as I get back on clean. But the reason why I take like 18 pisses during the show on Tuesdays is because right for this is a workout and I drink 64 ounces of water, which if you're keeping count, that is a half gallon. Uh, And the other one is I have a tiny penis and a broken prostate. So there's not much (laughs) to hold the, the water in once I have to go. So there you go. But we're here. We're here. Mando S2E2, the passenger. I already got Nick's thoughts on it. He fucking hated it. Like a lot of you that thought it was just filler content, but we'll, we'll get I into that. I didn't hate it, but I will, I will put, put forward my thoughts after we cover the <laughs> Easter eggs. All right. Before we just, you know, how we did last week, I think we'll stick to that where we just kind of give our general impressions, go through the eggs and best moments. I want to, this is where I want to proclaim my excellence. So everyone, please be quiet. First off, I'll admit my my failure with this episode. I, I did think we would pick up with Mando already on, which we have learned at this point, Trask. That is going to be the water planet we've been seeing and think it was Moncala. It is the moon of Trask in the Cole Iben system. Both, to my knowledge, were brand new mentions in the Star Wars universe because there was nothing last Friday uh, when I did my search. So I did fuck that up. And, and I should have seen that fuck up because... At this point, after seeing episode two, there's no doubt in my mind that season two, episode one through three is going to mirror exactly what happened in season one, one through three. Hear me out. Episode one, we're reintroduced. They kind of set up the, the, the big shebang, the mission. Some shit happens. We had a mega reveal at the end, right? It was almost identical to episode one. Uh Episode two, we've learned out, literally picks up right after episode one, which is exactly what happened in season one. Um, And by the end of season two, we have moved off of his little side excursion, right? He is leaving Maldo Kreez. That was the planet he crashed on, which apparently is the same planet that he apprehended Mithril on. See, yeah. I'm a fucking encyclopedia of dumbass information. <laughs> so what I am speculating at this point, before I get back to talking about how awesome I am, I think episode three, by the time it ends, we will have our big turning point moment. He's going to finally run into who he's been looking for. He is going to get the information that is going to propel him towards the end game. Because think about what happened at the end of season or episode three, season one. He had the change of heart. He raided the compound. He relied on the covert to save his ass. And he decided within his heart that he was going to fuck his bounty hunter career to protect this little green thing. Yep. So I think the same type of moment is going to play out this week in episode three. He, he is going to finally reach that Mando and probably get the information he needs or get fucked over. All right. Yeah. I mean, if that's the case, there's really there's only one. I mean, unless you have a brand new character that has information on Jedi, it can well, only I, be Bo-Katan. Well, I, I think I, th- I think for sure we're getting Sasha Banks, but I, I want to pull this back because we're, we're already getting into our E3 predictions. I, I'm I just wanted to let everyone know that I'm getting that out there. I believe uh, S2E3 will mirror, at least in terms of the narrative. He's going to be on his way by the end of three to the to the end game. All right. Uh, in terms of what else I got right speculating, because, yes, this is all about me again. Totally called the fucking frog lady mission. Nick called the fucking egg eating uh, disorder for the child. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, called the the crashing of the Razor Crest. I'd say it was probably at the hands of the X Wings, which technically it was. Uh, also called early on when we saw the crest sputtering through space. I was like, you know, that could be a result of his exchange with those New Republic X Wing pilots. So there you go. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you. I can hear the fucking applause from here. I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that. It was pretty good. It was All pretty right. good calls. So I'll go first. My general impression of the episode, I'm not going to say I loved it. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was it was uh, wildly different than what we've been treated to in The Mandalorian. Uh, I'm not going to say it is filler content, although it didn't really move things uh, it didn't really move the goalpost too much. It, it for me, it was an episode to honor the child, uh, the the joy of the child, uh, the comedy of the child, and just really how his bond is with Din. I mean, I mean, think about what's going on. This child was murdering the offspring of Din's passenger, and the most Din could do was just say, "Come on, man, please don't eat more." <laughs> I mean, it's fantastic. Um, and to those of you that are all pissed about this episode and saying it was a waste of your time and it was filler, I would just have this message for you. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> this is a serialized program. Episodes like this are, are fantastic for just little nuances to the canon and for just keeping things going. Who else is in a fucking rush to have the Mandalorian end? Not me, considering what we've been getting Star Wars-wise in terms of movies. I will take this for the next 10, 20 years. I mean, hopefully this becomes The Walking Dead, but goes even further than The Walking Dead. All right? So if we get episodes like this where people are like, oh, uh, uh, I just had to watch 30 minutes of Star Wars. Get over it. Okay? Get over it. What the fuck else are you going to watch? You're going to go, go rewatch Rise of Skywalker? I mean, come on. So, no. It, 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 was this, the, and I don't even like using this term, was this the worst episode we've gotten to date? It would, it would rank low on my scale of episodes, but I'm never going to use the term worst when I'm describing The Mandalorian. So those of you talking shit, I'm here to defend John and Dave's honor. Thank you. Uh, I mean, it was... It was a forgettable episode. I'll put it that way. Unless I'm proved wrong and that this episode is gives, you know, greater context later in the series, like later in this season, I feel like this was just a fun detour for John and Dave to take and, and to literally for me, this this episode paid more homage to other series, to other properties than it did to Star Wars um, with the alien thing. You know, the, the, the big alien moment with the eggs and then with the whole spider chase thing from Harry Potter. Um, it was, you know, it is what it is. And not every episode of TV is a, is a banger and not all of them can be the best episode that's ever been in a series. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't want to just like I said during the, the, the sequel trilogy run, I, was, I, I never gave a definitive answer on whether a movie was good or not, other than uh, TFA, which just hit me immediately. I never said like, hey, you know, this this is terrible. This is awful. There's anything like that. It's like, just wait to see how it plays out and see if these other movies link together. 
And with no, the sequel he's changing trilogy, his it tune didn't. now. Earlier, he's like, "This episode fucking no, dude, sucks. It's, it's I hate good. frogs. I want to kill all frogs. I'm going outside right now and shooting a fucking frog <laughs> in the head." I was like, "Dude, it's, calm it's, down." It's the worst episode of The Mandalorian. You won't say it. I will. It was by far the worst. I, I mean, said it. It doesn't rank high on my list, but I think using the term "worst" is it's it's dishonorable. That's fine. I it's, can be it's, dishonorable. It's dishonorable here. for the man. The Mandalorian does not deserve that type of terminology. It's just, it was a detour episode. It was like the part in the Dark Knight where they go to China for no reason and then they show back up fifteen minutes well, later. Okay, and you're like, you can't Why say the fuck that. Did I do this? You can't say this was for no reason. I mean, he he took on the Frog Lady because he was promised more information. So there no, was yeah, a reason. And that's that's totally fine. But it's I not feel his like fault. Take, Dave Filoni is a dickhead New Republic pilot and ratted him out for that you, fucking you, prison you take bust. The beginning of that episode and then you go into the story. You don't like. I, I don't care about. About this nondescript like if the ice planet would have been something interesting other than just like a nondescript fucking cave for spiders i would be all about it but like the whole ice planet thing was a was a completely unnecessary detour um from the well, story well, here's, but, here's, hey like you said like this is not about getting through it quickly this is about making it last and then you know for the the filmmakers to be able to do fun things, and yeah, I'm I mean, sure that if you, they got to do a lot I can of get you know, let, let's get real, real emotional here. I mean, it just it was an episode, like I said, it just it showed, it, it showed again why Din is unlike other bounty hunters. Uh, he may even be unlike other Mandalorians. Who knows? I mean, the guy is rough. He can kick the shit out of anyone. But he will do the right thing in the end, uh, even if he does let his his ward eat fucking half of a species remaining offspring. Uh, he did honor his contract so far. And I, I do not think the whole frog lady and her eggs thing is, is over. I mean, obviously, it has not completed. Oh, no, we're we're, yeah, we're going to see that in episode three. And I think it's going to be more than just, oh, I found my husband. See you guys later. I mean, they are going to introduce him probably to sasha banks who could be this who could be that oh yeah they're, like she's a plot device like they're the, they're, the, they're the gonna get him there lady is a plot device to to help and, you know it's funny wherever. nick and, and i missed this too but i I'm, i mean this is crazy I mean, uh, tones i think brought this up in her discord did you know that frog lady and dr mandible were in the cantina uh during s1e5 i'd have to go back when, when he yeah so uh, that that is the beauty of John and Dave, like sprinkling their fucking background. No one would ever pay attention to them. And now they become seen characters. One, a main character, a side character in season two. So, and that's the little shit I appreciate, especially with uh, little donkey episodes like this. All right. Uh, in terms of the eggs, I'm sure some of you have uh, watched the videos. If not, we're going to go through them real quick here. Just throw some comments on there. Uh, it was another egg heavy episode. I'm, I'm hoping this isn't the fucking case moving on because I was all excited. I'm only doing one video this this season and it's basically <laughs> taken me just as much time because there's lots of shit to pay attention to. Um, so up first we get a I believe they're, these are called the Vajra. Uh, just another Star Wars alien henchman race. You can kind of fill them in there with the Nikto and the Weequay. They're they're usually scumbags. Um, this to me, the whole jetpack scene, I thought was fucking fantastic. Uh, and I 100% believe the jetpack landing and then doing that hard tip back was a direct homage to R2 getting fried in a new hope by the Jawas and tipping on his back as well. And, a lot of people have been trying to tell me that that was Tito 
from the Force Awakens that that wanted the jetpack. I, I don't know at this point. Hundred percent, yeah, I agree. He has thing. he has the exact same mask that you see that uh, from that Honestly, guy. Honestly, that motherfucker's dead. Like, I thought so too. There's uh, no way he's alive. <laughs> other people were saying it was a rogue Jawa, and I was like, it could be. Uh, but I, I left him out because if, if I'm not 100% sure on something, I, I, I try to leave. I, I don't put it in. Uh, I will say I did fuck up because he was wearing the same mask that a character is wearing in TFA when he's yelling at Ray in the tent when she's cleaning her hall. Uh, mm. I think Hideous alerted me to that. So, yeah, I fucking failed. But oh, well, uh, it was a good scene. It was a good scene. Um, here we got a Gagorin. This was a race first introduced in Rogue One, I believe. Uh, I don't know if it was with the Rebel Alliance or if it was with, uh, uh, what the fuck was that guy's name? Saul's little faction, but those big ass white aliens. There's Dr. Mandible. Uh, I, I threw him in there because there is a race in Star Wars. I believe they're called the Killick, which are basically giant ass ants. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting that an ant was in here in uh, this episode was directed by Peyton Reed, who is the director of Ant-Man, Ant-Man movies. So yep. there you go. <laughs> uh, they were playing Sabacc, a yep. very famous game within Star Wars. How Han got his Millennium Falcon. Uh, Treadwell. Treadwell showed up. I mean, some toy collectors, I believe a few years back, someone made a custom Treadwell, but I think he was first shown in A New Hope working the Lars Homestead. And now he is cooking meat for mm-hmm. Pelly at, was at Hangar 35 or whatever. And this too is a little egg because if you've been to Galaxy's Edge, uh, I forget the attraction, something like Ronto Roast or something like that, but yeah. this is a, a direct mirror of how they cook the meat and shit there. I mean, they've got like a big uh, pod racer engine set up. And uh, so, yes, we are getting Galaxy's Edge Easter eggs at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When Pally comes out, who is one of my favorite side characters? I I love this lady. Uh, I don't know what else Amy Sedaris has been in, but she is just a a perfect crotchety type of Star Wars character. Uh, she respects Mando, but fucks with him. And I don't know how many other people do that as comfortably as she does. Yeah, she is definitely, I really only have two favorite parts of this episode. It was Pelly, and then I'll get to the other one. (laughs) All right. But anyway, she, she makes the Easter egg because she throws out a a Rodian reference and she doesn't like her meat burnt. That's Greedo's race. (laughs) Uh, fuck. Why did I have frog lady up here? Uh, let me let me find my numbers here. Uh, oh, Frog Lady was voiced by D. Bradley Baker. That's why she made the list. Okay. His video game animated series. Person. Well, just like, Star Wars voice. I mean, he he's done all the clones. I mean, th- th- this yeah. guy probably has more Star Wars animated credits than anyone else out there. Yeah. Um, up here, when they were on the ship, this is another one I can't just tell by. Oh, when they're when he's trying to communicate the frog lady, who's who I love their dialect. It's like, and he's like, "Yo, motherfucker, do you at least speak Hatties?" Which we know that's kind of a common dialect, especially on Tatooine. Uh, another moment in the ship that I just thought was hilarious is Din trying to throw the "May the Force be with you" to the New Republic pilots to just kind of let them know, like, "Hey, guys, I'm down with your mantra." Rebels yeah. for life, you know, Luke Skywalker, I got a Luke poster in my ship. 
uh, one of those deals. But they that, finally the, the the good part about that is they finally gave you the the response that everybody says in their head when you hear that if you were a church going kid when you were younger. Yeah. Filoni hit him back with the and also with you. Damn straight. So that was the best part of that whole exchange. Yeah, and really, this exchange gave us a lot, and it shouldn't surprise anyone because it was another fucking Dave cameo. You gotta love that this guy now has a recurring character in the show, and you know what? Good for fucking him. Um, <clears throat> but while you know he's talking with Mando, they're trying to figure out if he's an Imperial, if he's done anything fucked up. They do realize that his ship may or may not have been at the prison ship from last uh, season. And we learned that the name of that ship was the Bothan Five. And we all know about Manny Bothans. He used to be on Instagram and he took some toy pictures. So that's why (laughs) that one made it there. Uh, Up next in the egg, obviously, the return of Trapper Wolf, Dave Filoni's New Republic pilot. And one I did miss, if you look on his helmet, he does have the wolf insignia that the clones wore in the animated series. It's up on the, would be the left side of his helmet. Mm. Uh, We also got to meet a new pilot, and this is Captain Carson Teva, who is played by Paul Sun Hyung Lee. Uh, If you're interested why he got this cameo, he is really good friends with Deborah Cho. So it it pays to know people that are in the know, if you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Uh, A lot of these, I'm forgetting what they were, but I'll figure it out. Okay, up here we got, what was this guy? Zero, the Mm -hmm. bot. Yep. Uh, Apparently Mando doesn't like cleaning out junk out of his uh, ship after he blows shit up. He just kept it. I don't know if he was looking to trade it at a bazaar, Uh, but it came in handy because Frog Lady, who knew, is a robotics expert and yeah she, she used, did a really good job of repurposing yeah, she, that. she turned our old buddy from uh what was that s1e6 into a essentially a voice box so yep. that was kind of interesting all right the spiders in in star wars land they're known as krinkas uh, they were called crawlers in star wars rebels i believe and for those that are truly in the know yes the there is concept out there from mr ralph mcquarrie that features this exact design of a monster. Uh, so once again, the, the level of detail and attention to Star Wars past is appreciated in this show. Uh, and towards the end, when the New Republic pilots show back up, they are believing what I believe to be, they are believing, they are using what I believe to be uh, Re- Rebellion Era A280 rifles. To blast the little crinkas. And what was the last one I had here? I forget. He says something right at the end, Nick. Good thing I wrote it they down. They also mentioned Quinn Prisoner, then broke out. And Lieutenant, and Lieutenant Davin, Davin, who, who was the new played Republic by Matt Lanter, who is the voice of Anakin in Anakin The Clone Wars. Wars. So yeah. about 16 eggs moments in total. A pretty quality episode for that. Uh, All right, moving into best moments. Nick says he only has two, so I guess I'll just start. And if I hit one that he had, he's going to say yes. Otherwise, this will just mostly be me. Uh, I already said this before, but I I like the opening. I know it pissed Greg off for some reason. He didn't understand why people are still trying to get the baby. Uh, Maybe he missed season one. I don't know. That was my only other top moment other than Pelly. Yeah, I mean, they just, they fucking tripwire his ass. And then the, the entire exchange was just fantastic. I mean, yeah. Mando kicks the shit out of him. 
watching the little baby run over to his daddy like oh <laughs> i can love that shit and then just all the subsequent nonsense with the with the jetpack and remote controlling it and killing that thing that uh, thought he was going to get one over on mando uh, as i said at the onset of our discussion here this episode was all about reminding everyone uh, how adorable and cheeky the child can be so he had a ton of great moments, all adorable in nature. First, you know, obviously the running to daddy, that type of stuff. Uh, when he was just s- salivating over the crate dragon steak. I love that look. <laughs> uh, the Pelly exchange when she's basically told a line of bullshit to Mando. <laughs> yeah, I met her to- 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Nick, she not only bullshits him, but <laughs> takes a finder's fee off of him for introducing frog lady i mean she is such a hustler and and like i said has no fear of the mando oh yeah Uh, that's why yeah she's definitely the (laughs) highlight of this episode for me just i love i mean just both both episodes she had great exchanges with din the first one essentially like will you just give me the kid seriously come on and now this one where she's like oh yeah i know these people forever i vouch for them and then she goes actually i just met them and give me my money um just a, a fun little character Another one with the baby. I mean, his his fascination, especially the music they would start playing. It was like, it was almost like sexual nature. It was just like, ah, <laughs> baby frog eggs, which which makes sense. I mean, we know his favorite thing to eat are frogs. Yeah. Uh, and just getting caught eating it. I mean, this, this is all stuff parents <laughs> are probably, you know, you probably laughed at. Uh, just, you know, busting your kid doing something stupid. Mine these days, like, I'm going to have to start locking the pantry because she gets in there, gets her stool, gets up to where we thought she couldn't, and starts pulling down candy bars and shit that we find her eating. So uh, kind of the same <laughs> stuff there. I-, I really enjoyed Din's piloting skills. Uh, I-, I think that initial dog chase he had with those X-Wings was was interesting, especially when he kind of pulled that zero-G uh, drop maneuver to kind of really get a, get the razor crest to descend through the atmosphere, get some separation from the much faster and more nimble X-Wings. Uh, so it's just, I don't know. I mean, hey, we, we always talk about this guy's a great pilot, that guy's a great pilot. You know what, Din, he's, he's shaping up to be a decent one too, considering he's flying essentially a short bus. <laughs> um, the child, guess what? Another moment for me when they're in the spider den. And he gets told again, motherfucker, quit eating the cookies. No more cookies. Right? So what does he do? He's like, fuck it. Fuck you. He finds more eggs. And just watching him see the eggs and again, just start running. And I know it's a puppet. It looks like a fucking puppet. But that's why I love it. I love him running over to that egg. And the end, the, the mo- that music plays. Like, it's like, it is, it is the, the child's best day. I mean, it was that, that music was just like, it was his birthday. I loved it. Um, the, the spider chase is a fun scene. I really enjoyed that they decided to just kind of go with the nature of things. They're like, Hey, we got a frog lady. She's going to be a lot quicker in a chase. If she jumps like a frog, it's little dumb shit like that, that I appreciate. Uh, I don't know if that was like a, uh, you know, someone that was a biology major in the writing room was like, Hey, you know, the frog, would go a lot quicker if they were jumping. I like that type of just nuance and adherence sometimes to real life type of science. Uh, you gotta like that frog lady saved the day, okay? We thought she was this innocent, 
I was feeling bad for her. I mean, we've seen her babies just get murdered and laughed about it. Like laughed. I was laughing at the death of her children. She seemed all sweet, very motherly. And lo and behold, she's got a fucking piece on her. <laughs> fucking- I was wondering if like that was her gun or if she, or if that was like one that Din kept in the cockpit. See, I, I'm going just- with that's hers, man. She's got like one of those holsters, like right around. It's like a garter belt holster. Yeah. She fucking popped that out. She's like, blah, 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 and, and capped those spiders off the child's head, even though the child had murdered multiple of her offspring by that point. <laughs> uh, nothing like seeing a frog cap people's asses. Okay. Come on, people. You talking about filler content? We saw a frog straight 187 some spiders. Give me a break. And then at the end, I just, I mean, I love Floney. I love that he, he's keeping this character going. I have a feeling at this point we're going to see this character at least once a season, which I think is fantastic. We'd all do the same fucking thing, by the way. Yeah. Um, and also, I, you know, I just, I think their exchange at the end, Nick, is going to set up things to where he's going to have to work with the New Republic and it's going to go off without a hitch now because he's kind of, they know each other. They know that he does some shady shit, but they also know he did some pretty awesome stuff. They kind of saved him, but also boned them in the end. So, you know, there's, <laughs> I, I, I do have a feeling that, that Din in the New Republic, in particular, these pilots probably aren't done interacting. This was just a, another scene to build upon these characters and relationships. So mm-hmm. uh, there you go. I mean, it, like, it's not the best episode. Not at all. I'm not going to say it was the worst. Uh, it, it just had a lot of interesting stuff. It, we're expanding the world without expanding the plot per se. Yeah, I mean, it was it was another episode. It was, I'm glad that it was there. I'm glad that they had some of the moments that were in it. But for me, it was just, meh, it was okay. I watched it, I giggled, and then I went on. It wasn't like, like, like the first episode, I was blown away. Like, that might be, you know, top three episodes of the whole series so far, which, again, isn't much. I think there, we only have ten episodes so far. Right. Uh, this one was just... Uh, another episode of tv to me yeah um so yeah all right well that that's kind of all we have to say on episode two not like there was a ton to go on because it it, while it did progress the mission uh i wouldn't say it gave us that much more lore to really dive into so uh we do have the plot synopsis it seems these days on reddit we're going to be getting these over the weekend or mondays before new episodes which is nice uh, which means we'll always be able to talk about it on the live version of the Star Wars Time Show, which is awesome. Yeah. Dumb sometimes. And you can tune into if you follow us on YouTube. We typically do the live stream on Tuesdays, uh, anywhere in between 2 and 3 East. Uh, all right. So S2E3 plot synopsis. Uh, this is the one where we're going sailing. All right. Th- there's no doubt about it. The Mandalorian braves high seas and meets unexpected allies. So like I said at the onset, this is going to be from the trailer. We're going to see them walking through Trask's Bazaar. That is the planet now. We know that for a fact. It definitely looks like they link up with the husband because we've seen that in the trailer. And it could be clever editing, but I just believe on the color grading and the the tone of the scenes we've seen, I I believe Mando is going to run into whoever Sasha Banks is playing this episode. Yep. 
just based on where why we know he's here he's to learn about a covert that is on trask and knowing that she's probably going to show up in this episode i'm starting to lean towards she probably is mandalorian nature i don't want to say she's sabine quite yet uh, it would make the most sense, I guess, honestly, unless she's a new Mando, which would also be great. Why not? We don't always have to go back to existing stuff, right? Din is new himself, and look how much we all fucking want to suck his dick. So I won't be upset if Sasha is something new. Uh, I think I'll smile if she's something we know. Uh, I, I do not think she's going to be sorcerer-like, though. What do you think? Yeah, now that we're leaning towards kind of the covert and he's going to be seeking out Mandalorians on that planet, that it, now that that's confirmed, it does make more sense for her to be Amanda. She just looked menacing, though. Like, she, like the position that she was in. Right. The, like, if she was a part of a covert, one, well, you know she's what? already I'm broken stupid. the creed. She's you know, already broken the thank creed. Thank you. Okay, there you go. Thank you, it's, Nick. He's so, smart. I'm done. I, I'm like, yo, she's not Boba Fett. If yeah. she's a Mando in that covert, she's wearing her fucking helmet. So, yeah, I, I mean, the only person that I can see that's Mando other than Boba that wouldn't is Sabine. But I don't think she's Sabine. Like, there's just a there's a, a mental block for me that's like, that's not Sabine. I don't know yeah, if it's didn't because you that say, she's not the right race or Didn't you say else. initially that she could be a force of evil? Like, may, yeah. maybe a, maybe a, a force-infused uh, sorceress. Yeah, uh, maybe someone Gideon has tasked. Maybe she's a bounty hunter herself. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they, she's uh, evil for some reason. Like that scene gave me like she's hunting him vibes, not okay. she's helping him. Um, and it it could turn out that she's you know she she kind of plays the oh I'm here to help you and then double crosses him right. But I don't think she's a Mando per se. Like she's definitely not like a Creed following Mando like he would trust. Because if, as we know, if if you say you're Mandalorian and you're not wearing a helmet, Din wants to kill you. <laughs> yeah, I, you like, know, we really do, Nick. We need to figure out, and I think I'm going to call up Dave after the cast. We need to figure out when the Creed went into effect. Because it clearly was not in effect as recent as pre-Rogue uh, One, essentially. Yeah. Because uh, Star Wars Rebels takes place all before pre- Rogue One and, and Battle of Yavin and all that shit. Yeah, I mean, we don't uh, and, know. And, and in that, right, dude, I mean, everyone on Mandalore was ripping their fucking ha- helmet off. There, I mean, there still we, was a Mandalore per se, too. I mean, there, there was the yeah. planet, there was factions, Bo got the sword. So at some point after that, shit goes down, that the, the trail of a thousand dead bucket heads, I don't know what it's going to be called, whatever Gideon was talking about. Mm-hmm. So it has to be in between Rebels in the Mandalorian when the actual... Mandalorians get so fucked up they essentially disperse, start, go back to the hardcore creed and hide underground in the coverts. And I would imagine too that Sabine, I mean, if Sabine's in this show, she was always, I don't want to say like a rebel in terms of being a Mandalorian, but like I even think that that she would follow the creed as it is now. Yeah, because she, I I mean, she was disenfranchised with her family, I believe. And that's why she was out gallivanting around with the ghost crew, this, that, and the other thing. Yes. Uh, It wasn't until, I believe, season three, four that she, yeah, when the Darksaber comes into play that she starts getting back to her culture, the way, and going to Mandalore and talking with her mother and all that fun stuff. So, it's weird. I I don't know. I mean... 
I think my speculation run is going to be fucked on this episode because <laughs> of Sasha Banks. Uh, the other stuff, it's it's too easy to call. I mean, we're going to see him on the ship. We're going to see him drowning under that thing. Maybe that is uh, the the Sasha Banks character puts him in that situation. Yeah. Uh, but I do think by the end, he is going to run into someone that actually is a Mandalorian and they're going to have some information. Is that man they're going to be Sabine? Is she going to be standing next to a hooded figure that we don't see, but we all know who it is? That's the type of end I'm expecting for uh, episode three. So I guess there's your take it to the bank shit. We'll reevaluate Friday on Discord where I either sit there and boast about shit that is not important in life or you guys <laughs> will tell me how much I suck. So I'm looking forward to it either way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that this one is going to be episode three is going to be far better ba- purely just based off of what we know is going to be in the episode than than episode two was right. I, mean, I think it, this is going to be the one that's really like you said that's really going to push yes. us into the rest of the season I, I, I'm 100% on that one through three of both seasons are going to mirror each other just in terms of how they move him towards the end game for the season uh, and really if you think about S1E2 that was kind of filler as well I mean we I see don't him, even remember it I it's the one it, it's literally he's walking through the cavern he gets attacked he gets back to the Razor Crest, pops some Jawas because they destroyed it. He goes back to Kawil. They get his parts back, the Mudhorn Egg episode over. It's almost the same fucking plot. Razor Crest fucked up, can't leave the planet, need to help someone to move things along. So like I yeah. said, just, just watch. The, the beats are very similar between season one and season two so far, albeit with drastically different content and characters. Yeah. Uh, these people aren't stupid. I mean, there is, I, I've never taken any writing courses that Nick might have, but they follow models. They don't just yeah. like sit around and make shit up. Like there, there's, I think the, the biggest difference to me in S1E2 now that you did that little run through was like, you finally, you get the reveal of the baby's force powers. And that was like, yeah, yeah. Right. Holy fuck. That was like, that was a big moment to me. There was really no big moment in this episode. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, they're definitely following, especially if you're, if you're, you only got, if you only have eight to 10 episodes per se, like per season, you, you have to follow a relatively set script in terms of how your, your season arc plays out and how also how your character arcs play out. If you have a standard 30 minute long television show where you're getting 24 episodes per season, you can meander, you can do different shit, you can do whatever you want to do because you have so much time to tell that story right. over. When you're only working with 10, 10 episodes max, then you really have to keep a tight schedule on how you tell yeah, your story. And that's why, I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing with people that are poo-pooing on this episode. Well, I, I don't think it was terrible and I don't want to stab my eyes out like some of you. Everything in this episode was done for a reason. It may not be realized right away. It may not be realized until next season. This is Mando building bonds that are going to pay off or fuck them over in the end. Uh, just, just knowing that Frog Lady and Dr. Mandible were in season one. It is a direct continuation. This universe is alive that they're creating and they're sprinkling shit in to keep it alive. It's very, uh, I don't know, it's organic. Everything seems natural. So while yes, nothing like, oh my God, let's hit the internet and see what everyone else has to say about this episode happened. I don't think what we watched in episode two was just throwaway. 
Yeah. Lot, I think a lot of stuff that happened is either going to be called back or we're going to see how things play out in the future. So there you go. We're putting S2, E2 of the Mandalorian to fucking bed. We've laid down the speculations for E3. We'll see what happens. Uh, is it going to be a long episode? I don't know. So far, we, we've stayed above the 40-minute mark in this season. We're already doing better than, than season one because I remember season one, you got that somewhat long first episode. Then the second episode was maybe 28 minutes. Yeah, no, that was 28 like 28 minutes. With fucking credits, it was super yeah, short. Yeah, it so. was crazy. I'm, I'm glad I, that, that we at least picked up, hopefully we picked up an average of 10 minutes per episode. <laughs> Okay, my friend, uh, let's stick with Mando season two because our favorite character, Grief Cardboard, uh, did an interview. Well, at least his alter ego did, and that's our friend Carl <laughs> Weathers. Yeah. AKA, as Nick says, Apollo Creed, Chubbs, Dylan, Grief, and more importantly, Mr. Cardboard. Uh, did an interview and we learned that he is going to be directing an episode, which I, I think we already knew, uh, but now we know the exact episode and it is episode four, which has led many people now to believe that is going to be the episode where we see his character, Dummy and Din, reunite on Navarro. Yeah. So if that's the case, then his mission on, well, I don't even remember the name of the water planet, um, is going to be a one episode contained type of deal, which seems to be what's happening. Like you have an episode and maybe the beginning on one planet episode, maybe the beginning on another. And then that would be, that would lead into episode four being back on Navarro where he lands, has the baby gets that nice intro, uh, to, you know, reintroduction to, right. To grief and Kara. I, I so guess, that, Nick, that do you think, sense. do you think that's going to be the episode? I mean, it, it just because Carl is directing doesn't mean he's only going to be yeah. directing his own character. I, I will say that it's probably harder for him to actually direct and act in it because he's not only controlling behind the camera, but he's also in front of it. Right. Um, but Carl is a very seasoned actor and he's been in Hollywood for decades. So it's not like. He is, you know, unfamiliar with how things. Oh like yeah, that I, 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 I'm not saying he can't handle. It. I'm just wondering if we're all but, getting smoke screened here. Like, oh, yeah. it's Carl's doing four. That's got to be his episode. Done and, and deal. There's a lot of episodes in this that we don't know anything about. Like, we've already been to the ice planet and seen a majority of what was in most of the trailers. We're going to the water planet next yep. episode. Yeah, so episode four should be the end of the trailers, I'd imagine. That, that could be like the breakout shit, the, the firefights, the flying, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. Um, I, I guess, think, what do you think? Because uh, episode four being the Navarro episode would kind of play off of what I just said about episode three, how he's going to get his official charge he has a charge i guess the the exact mission now his mission in his own head has been i need to find mandos to help me find sorcerers do you think whatever charge he gets then is going to be so dire that he feels he needs to go back and get some recruits or is it something on navarro that he needs to go back to and he's just checking in with his buddies that's what i was going to say is that it whatever he finds out whatever he learns has to lead him back to navarro in some way so i mean is the like again like i i don't remember this is the armor dead or did she no. just beat the shit so like he could just be going back to talk to her and say like hey i need to link up give her give an update on on what i've gotten so far and see if she's got any sort of guidance for me right so i mean you could do that here's where th i think things are could get squirrely like we're gonna go out on a tangent here 
we know from the trailers that at some point they feel the need to save Mithril from a prison what appears to be on Navarro. Yeah. If we're going off of the fact that where he do, it was just crashed, crashed as Maldo Kreese, the same planet we saw in S1E1 where he arrests Mithril. Do you think any of that ties together? I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to realize why Mithril comes back into the picture, why they would sacrifice breaking him out unless the child's been captured or something more dire is in this prison that they need. And Mithril is just kind of a nice little side story like, hey, check this out. Another nod to the fans. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely kind of still a big mystery unless... To me, unless the covert that he meets on Water Planet gives him some sort of directive like, hey, we 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 need this guy or this guy is is who is going to give you more information about what you're looking for. Then I don't know why he would come back. Like, I don't know why. It's it's odd, right? Because we know the covert is gone from Navarro. They they fucking left. Half of them were killed. The other ones left. The only one that remained was the armorer. And she proceeded to bash the brains in of some stormtroopers that tried to fuck with her armory. Yeah. Uh, I I doubt she's still putzing around on Navarro. So it would seem odd that he's going back there to look for a Mandalorian unless the Mandalorian is someone we had no clue about. Yeah. Uh, Unless he's looking for fucking heavy again, and he'd be like, yo, your fucking ancestors were Jedi. Why didn't you tell me that? Right. Like, no, no, I I am not ruling out seeing (laughs) Paz in this season, because Nick is right. I mean, while some of the Vistlas were were douchebags, uh, and this guy seemed like a douchebag too. He was probably just a little hungry. He got upset when he saw Mando <laughs> rolling in with an ice cream maker and was like, motherfucker, give me some food. I don't know. I mean, this one, I'm, I, my speculation powers are failing me. Uh, but I do, if we're, if we're going under the assumption that Carl's episode four is the Navarro episode, that means something happens in three, the information he learns by the end of three requires him to go back there for a direct reason and it's either to enlist help of his buddies or there is someone on there that they forgot about or never knew about that has more pertinent information to keep the the quest if you will going yeah yeah i think that's probably the best that we can do right now i think it makes sense because it's not like to me i think he still wants to keep in touch with the armor at least keep her kind of in the loop on what's happening she got a fucking action figure i mean for christ's sakes poor grief cardboard doesn't even have an action figure yet and we know the guys in two seasons armor has multiple action figures and we don't know where the fuck she's at so let's go come on we are grief cardboard nation here at (laughs) swts i think that it's the it's the most logical thing unless there's unless again like i said the only thing that we've seen from this is Navarro, ice, water, and then Tatooine. So we've only really seen four planets. And that could mean that a majority of this season happens elsewhere that we don't see yet. Or, or on right. other planets that we're not Which, aware of. You yet. know what, Nick? I, I do believe by the end of three, four at the most, we'll probably be through the entire trailer and TV spots. Which just goes to show, say what you will about Lucasfilm and Disney and marketing this, that, and the other thing and their dumb fucking exclusive deals with Hasbro and other retailers. 
those motherfuckers know how to cut trailers. Oh yeah. Where, where you, you think you're seeing a ton, but, but you're really only seeing the first few episodes of content and all the rest is just fucking candy. So, uh, I, I would not be surprised if after episode four, we've pretty much seen all the trailer content play out. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. There's no reason for you to give up more than that anyway. Like, what what benefit would you get if you showed whatever Malachor five on fucking the the trailer? People aren't going to be drawn to it any more than they were going to be drawn right. to to the ice planet, which everybody thought was Ilum, and then turns out to be a planet that nobody had fucking heard of. Yeah, so. I mean we're all like Ilum. That's why they're the New Republic's protecting it, or people Ilum, are trying Hoth, to say I mean, Hoth. Like, it was. I will say that I was semi right on that. That like basically the new Republic flagged him down because he was flying over their airspace. Like the planet was wrong, but the, like the intention. Yeah. They're, I mean, at this point they're essentially, and by the way, I think we can say definitively so far, the Mandalorian has taken place in the exact same system. Yeah. Uh, Navarro, Maldo, Crease, Trask, Cole, Iben, they all seem to be in the same system. Yeah. Um, shit. What the fuck was I saying? Brain dump. It's one of those blue screens of death right there in the old gray matter. It's so, I mean, it's also like that being said, it's filling in a lot of the plants that we hadn't heard of. Cause I mean, like we know that Tatooine's in the same plant, in yep. the same yeah, system. Yeah, Tatooine's as all in so, that, I mean, like, in that immediate system. You know, like, I mean, it's the, it's the same galaxy. Oh, no. So, what I, mean, I was like, saying, like New Republic, literally at this point, they're, they're just like patrolling the Wild West. I mean, yeah, they're, they're out they're, there. They're, they're checking for people's tabs instead uh-huh. of tags. And they're checking to see if they have a, a, a beacon to ping that they're not Imperial. Yeah, yeah. And, and so. if you can't provide the ping, you see what happens. They're, they're but you can also you. see, too, that given this run-in, that the New Republic is formed enough to have these types of patrols already. But they're still kind of operating Wild West style. Because what would they say to Din? They're like, hey, man, you should be going to fucking jail. But at this time yeah, in this galaxy... People that still try to do the right thing, even though they may do some wrong things, it's a okay with the New Republic. So. Yeah, it's like you know what? If you want to go <laughs> pop some amps or whatever, yeah, like, it's we'll like definitely you, look you the broke other a way. criminal out, but you also arrested three other high high value targets, and we blew up your criminal anyways when we just arbitrarily shot down someone's space station because you planted that that pinging device on it. Yeah. Uh, so. so like I said, I know, yeah, that episode was like, eh, 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 but I'm telling you, uh, Carson, Trapper, these guys are going to be surrogates for Din when it matters. Just mark yeah. my words. Hopefully. If you Hopefully. don't know what that is, you, they're going to stump for him. If you don't know what that is, you probably don't live in America. They're, they're, <laughs> they're going to be on his team. Yeah. When, when Leia's getting all bitchy over the comms, like, who's this fucker in the Razor Crest? Trapper's yeah. going to be like, hey, hold on. We know him. He's Din. He's a good guy. He's got this He's- little green thing with him. He's cool. All good. Yeah. Don't worry. Let him go. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically, you know, all we can pull out of this, this Carl interview. I mean, the only other fun thing to mention is, uh, the interviewer asked him if he gets recognized as grief Karga now. And he says, yeah, but you know, not, not quite time to unseat Apollo Creed just yet. Is it, I, I was always, it, it probably is Apollo. Yeah. I was thinking it might've been Dylan. I, I still think his Dylan uh, handshake is one of the most iconic and uh, repeated 80s movie lines of all time. Yeah, yeah. Dylan, but you I think son that, like, of a bitch. 
I think that Apollo Creed is just such a transcendent yeah. character. Yeah. Like, yeah, that moment was great. And also, somebody tried to call me out on Instagram saying that the name spelled wrong. It's not D-Y-L-A-N. It's D-I-L-L-O-N. Go look it up anywhere on the internet. Um, a big surprise. People talk shit before checking facts and looking stuff up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Apollo, like... Apollo was this larger than life character. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean that, that dude's super boisterous. Uh, I mean, uh, he was he was loud in one and two, but it, episode four, I think, is where everyone kind of remembers. I'm I'm talking Rocky four. Yeah, not episode Rocky four. Rocky four. <laughs> I think that's where everyone. That's the picture of Apollo wearing the American flag, silk dude. trunks, yeah. coming out doing the dance with the Uncle Sam hat dude, on. Like he's got so much. Just in the, <laughs> and like he's only in the first fifteen minutes of that movie. And he's, uh, I've retired more people than Social Security. Uh, like this man. motherfucker is just like he was <laughs> next level in terms of uh, a larger than life character that we living that we in America. <laughs> <laughs> and then fucking Drago just uh, it's tough. Yeah, it should, is, it is he rough. was big enough to where they spun off Rocky for his son. Nick, they called the fucking franchise Creed. Yeah, like I mean, they, it's they literally it's not called Rocky anymore. It's Creed. And the Creed movies actually pretty good. By but, the yeah, way, yeah, they're not bad. Like I saw the second one not too long ago, probably earlier this year. Um, I was, I liked it. I yeah, liked the first you one. Get, like you the, get it. I mean, the second one is a, it's a direct, direct. but, but long awaited sequel to Rocky four. Exactly. Where he's fighting. What's his name? Drago's it's Drago's kid. kid. It was, what was his first? I can't remember his first name. Fucking even more steroids eating guy. Yeah. And I mean, it was, it was a fun, it was a fun thing yeah, to watch. Yeah, even it, like, even for me as like a lifelong Star Wars fan, I loved the Rocky movies when I was growing up too. I had all the Rocky movies on VHS. I would watch them all the time. Carl's never not going to be Apollo. Right. He right. he will never be Grief Carger first. You're right. Apollo You're right. Second. I mean, even when I saw him in Predator way back when, when I probably shouldn't have been watching movies like that. I mean, you got to remember, I think the reason I have so many screws loose and, and I talk like a, a drunken sailor all the time is because my entertainment in the 80s when I was zero to 10 were all the excellent R-rated 80s action films that had like <laughs> cheap titty scenes, always nudity. I mean, the F word was spoken every other yeah, line. You were sitting there watching like First Blood. And yes, dude. Predator. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the like, movies when I was little, I mean, Commando. Yeah. Uh, any Schwarzenegger movie, Running Man, you name it, all that shit. Any Stallone movie. Yeah. I was all, all over that. Karate Kids. I mean, I all I did was watch death and swearing and tits. <laughs> I, I've, I've wanted to write a, a thesis on how the 80s and a good part of the 90s are, was the golden age of action films. Dude, just and, go and, back and, and the, watch any JCVD And the alpha movie. male. I mean, every movie followed the same formula. It was stupid. The, the, the guy was basically a superhero. No one could kill them. They never ran out of any sort of weaponry. <laughs> uh, ammunition was uh, basically fake. It, it just it, it never ran out. <laughs> and you were guaranteed to see titties at least once in the movie. You were guaranteed to hear multiple <laughs> fucks and shits and gruesome kills. That's why I'm fucked up, but I like it. I think it, I'm somewhat well adjusted. <laughs> yeah, you, you've you've rebounded well from that. So. Total Recall. That's another one. I mean, there's so many good fucking so, movies. Uh, yeah, t Total Recall. I mean, that's you know what happened. Too. That was a little bit later in the '90s. Though. That's '92. All the all the um, cock sucking studios were like, "Hey, 
we can make a hell of a lot more money if we drop movies from an R to a PG-13 because now we can sell tickets to 13-year-olds without parents. And that is why we don't see hardcore R movies anymore. It's, yeah. not, it's no SJW bullshit. It's all about tickets. If you're if you're whacking out half your audience because of an age restriction, not that I think movies really give a fuck or theaters, that's why we lost a lot of those hardcore 80s 90s action movies i mean like the reason that people didn't want to make deadpool for a while was because they're like well we can't make deadpool without making it rated r if we make it right it's gonna be the same budget as a big budget regular superhero movie which is around 150 million dollars but it's gonna be r so we're not gonna make a whole lot of money and like, go back and look at fucking Deadpool. It made a lot box of money. Office numbers. It made a lot of money. Right. But it did. It wasn't even close to a billion. It was like it made like four hundred, five hundred million. Yeah, and that was I, I the think most it was, a rated R yeah, film had ever. That's what made. I was going to say. It was the highest grossing R film. So I mean, it, it, it's all about money, people. Everything's about fucking money in society. So stop yeah. all your your social shit and all that crap. Just open your fucking eyes and become enlightened. Um, That's right. All right, dude. We're sticking on Mando. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun one. I think this is going to be a home run speculation on my part. But uh, over the week here on the leakers, the Redditors of the world, we have um, these tops cards have been popping up specifically for the Mandalorian season two. Uh, We have two at this point. If you're on the live stream, we're looking at the one I think is a real big giveaway. If we scroll down, I believe it's still the same character. You're just getting more of a full body shot. Uh, And what we see here is it's the tank commander helmet from Rogue One. Yep. Uh, But correct me if I'm wrong, Nick. It sure as fuck looks like it has been forged out of Beskar and not Imperial plastic. Very, very shiny. It's completely different than any other tank commander helmet we've ever seen. Right. Um, and look at the straps. You can very lightly see. Yeah. Like who 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 was wearing armor like that in season one? There's somebody that showed up with some imperial armor like that at the end. He uh, won an Emmy for it, I believe. <laughs> you think he's whipping in, a in real life? Hey, hey, man, listen, <laughs> hear me out. <laughs> who told us over this summer that Moff Gideon will be sporting a much bigger vehicle? in season two what is a lot bigger and badass vehicle than a tie fighter than a motherfucking tank good call either way i'm going this is moff gideon okay Okay. i'm calling it right now moff gideon is the one sporting this and it is a beskar helmet because we know moff knows a little bit about the mandalorian culture i'm still not uh overruling that he is mandalorian or wants to be or used to be this that and the other fun shit yeah, uh, but if we scroll down again, I, I could totally see Gideon decking himself out. I mean, there's some mud trooper in there. You got that tank commander helmet. You got a pistol, which an officer would be wielding versus a rifle. Mm-hmm. I think this is his field or his battle attire. This is yeah. his his tank commander attire. Uh, and that again, speculations. I'm not a leaker. I'm just fucking throwing it out there. I'm taking the chance. I'm jumping off the fucking Star Wars speculation cliff here. Following the breadcrumbs. I mean, I think it's a really good guess because there's no other reason unless you're adding in a brand new character that's going to become a main or a semi main that's that is right. a tank commander to have it. But like you said, you called out like the best car 
everything that we know about him, the the bigger vehicle and all this other stuff. I mean, it falls in line with all of the hints that Giancarlo had been laying out. That's what I was going with. And honestly, if it's not him, then it has to be his Imperial Guards, right? His, His special forces unit that protects him that's the only other thing that makes sense because nick hit it right on the head you're not just going to introduce this person this character obviously it's not a standard trooper unit and it's just joe schmo it's either going to be like i said his protectors his guard personal guard or him gideon himself so there you go yeah it's a great put put it out there on the line again you know i I take the big risks in life my friends by making star wars speculation star wars predictions baby that that means nothing that means nothing except to our little audience that i do love but it's still way too small for my ego uh I think that's I think we've covered a lot of the Mando shit, right? We've we've basically hit everything Mando okay. that's come out this week. All right, so uh, I'll let yeah. you fire up some trolls here with this next uh, yeah, topic. So this next piece here is uh a bit of detail on Leslie Headland's upcoming Star Wars TV project. Um she was talking to I believe his name was Fantastic Frankie and didn't really give plot details or anything like that, but just kind of laid out what the got the more pre- than we've had. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like basically all that we knew about Leslie Headland show leading up to this is, is it's going to have a female lead in that it's going to be that she's doing it. That was, that was all we knew. So now she kind of laid out a little bit more, not really giving you any information, but it does give us one thing that we can strike off the list from our good old KRT buddy. So I'll just read you her quote real quick. She said, um, this is about her kind of entering uncharted territory with her new show in terms of timeline. She says, I would say it's in a pocket of the universe and a pocket of the timeline that we don't know much about. I kind of see if Star Wars is a religion. It is. I like to think of my show. Yeah, it is. Uh, I like to think of my show as, te- as a tent revival. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's, um, that's like the evangelist shit. I don't know if other <laughs> countries have evangelists like we do where they speak oh, in tongues like, Praise be Nick. Get him a job. Then she goes, she says, you can come over if you want to. We're going to be talking about some cool stuff. There's going to be some things that we haven't discussed in the canon yet. That's an interesting line. Uh, there are going to be some characters you don't know about. Um, and then okay, she goes, let's hold on. Let, before you break move on, this down. Yes. yeah, let's let's parse that real quick because I think there's some interesting stuff in there. Yeah, definitely. So what? Okay, it's in a different pocket of the universe and a different pocket of the timeline. Okay, this, is this, this like sounds... unknown region shit or? I mean, it can't, I mean, it can't be inner rim, outer rim, right? Because those are all known pockets yeah, of this, this universe. Yeah, this is still the same. You're still talking the same galaxy. I mean, you could be talking about wild space. Wild space is something that we really... Right. It's like not the, quite unknown regions, but it's not... We haven't really messed around in wild space. Um, but also, this sounds very familiar to what Ryan wanted to do. Because Ryan was like, look, I want to get outside of what we know. I want to get outside of the time period that we're familiar with. And I want to be able to weave a new story... That is uniquely Star Wars, but not tied to everything else that is uniquely Star Wars. Um, so I really like that she's not saying, hey, I'm going to tie myself to Luke Skywalker. I'm going to tie myself to, to, to Rey or to the prequels or anything like that. She's going in a direction and in a place and time that isn't really that we can't really make judgments on. Right. You can't say like, oh, well, 
this is another, you know, rebellion era show or something like that. So I like that we're getting outside of what we know. And that uh, it's kind of disassociating with the Skywalker stuff, if you will. Agree, yeah. I mean, and, and I, I think, listen, I've said this before. I'm all about this type of shit. With the caveat, time. Nick, of as long as it still feels in universe, if this is taking place during any of the three ages that have been covered, I still want at least mentions, maybe a hollow recording in the background, casual conversation about the Republic the Rebel Alliance, that type of shit. I don't care if, if, if they're talking about Luke directly or Leia or Padme or Rey, that type of stuff. I still think for these projects that do want to be unique, do want to break ground, I'm all for it. I still enjoyed The Last Jedi. I'm not going to say it's my favorite movie, but I, I like some of the shit he was doing. I didn't like some of the shit he did, but I did like that he was kind of breaking from the mold mm -hmm. of what is a Star Wars movie. Sounds like she's going to take it uh, on the TV side, which they, John and Dave have already showed us. They're doing their own thing. The Mando's fucking fantastic. It's not really following a mold either. It's following the Mandalorian mold. Yeah. Uh, but I've always said, just like the Mando does, and the Mando, it's way more in your face because of the timeline uh, and just the fucking character and some of the characters that have already been introduced. I mean, they've done a fantastic job with directly relating it to events and characters we all know about. Yeah. Uh, but I would like to see that, even if it's just minimal in a, in a series like this, where we're, we're still, there's still broad strokes of the, of the galaxy from far, far away that we love and know. Yeah. I, like, to me, depending on where you go timeline-wise for her, because she's playing with timeline, we don't know where she's going to be. All that I require is that it is uniquely Star Wars, that it feels Star Wars. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, that's what mention. I'm saying with yeah, incorporating yeah. mentions to the existing stuff. But well, same thing. I mean, but that's the thing, though. If you go if she goes backwards, if she goes into the High Republic era, you can't. What are you going to mention? Well, she would she would be beholden to what the authors have already crafted. She would have to stick within whatever they've created. So I, I still think she's even. Nick, to me, and we could be reading way into this, I think she's positioned her series to be taking place post all the trilogies. Uh, that is a timeline not explored in anything. I'm yeah. talking post episode nine. I really hope that she goes backwards. Like, I hope that she goes backwards even. I, like, I want Old Republic content. And but like, that, that's, if we're just going what she's saying, that is a pocket and a timeline that has been explored. Not in new canon. <laughs> not in current, because that's what she's talking about right here at this line. Right. There's going to be some things that we haven't discussed in the canon yet. In canon. So All it's right. been discussed in old canon, not in new canon. Well, I mean, if she is talk throwing around Star Wars, religion, intent, revivals, the, the, the further back you go... I think the the more focus becomes on the religious aspect of the things that have been introduced in Star Wars, the dark yeah. side, light side, those there's who more, worship each each faction, so on exactly. and so forth. There's there's more reverence to the force back then. Of course. And yes. that that line to me, some things we haven't discussed in canon yet. Like that is big because of course well, yeah, I mean if you're if you're going in a new direction, new characters, new new timeline, why would you say that? And I think it's because she's like, it's going to be things that are familiar to you, but they're not in the new canon yet. Right. And Nick, just to kind of 
pile on with what you're saying. She ends with there are going to be some characters you don't know about, which implies there will be some characters we may know about. Yeah, that you do know about. So like if you go back and she does a show where she brings in like Bastilla Sean and Revan, like, come on. Right. Like female led show with Bastilla Sean. Like, can you fucking really be upset about that? Can you can you. Would anybody hey, say you're, you're talking to a non-retarded Star Wars fan? Okay, <laughs> I for the most part appreciate Star Wars. I like what we get. I'm not going to tell you seven, eight, nine were fucking fantastic, but I'm also not going to tell you they ruined my life. Hell, I'm even coming around on the prequels after spending damn near half of my adult life <laughs> hating them with a a passion, like Darth Vader hates Kenobi. Yeah. All right. I don't hate this franchise like some of you, I think, do, but you say you love it. It doesn't make sense. Like, Nick was telling me he puts this story out and the fucking cavemen are already back. Like, uh, I'm assuming it was because it's a woman show and a woman, uh, a potential woman lead character. I'll read some of the responses to to (laughs) me posting this on our Instagram, and I won't call out the accounts, even though I fucking should. I'll just read the responses. And, and, and we'll get to it in a second. But she had another part of her quote where she's talking about like her pitch that she kind of put together and, and almost like what what kind of story she's trying yeah, to go tell. Go ahead and so, read, read the other quote. Yeah, she says, for me, it's less about going through the Star Wars universe cinematically or artistically. I'm actually kind of combing through it geographically and going on a literal journey. When we were pitching, I had my designer create that Indiana Jones like we go here, then we go like here, then we go stuff. here. Dotted line, dotted red line, like this is our journey, this is where we're going. I mean, that seems interesting. And again, that sounds Old Republic to me, because if you played KOTOR, you went here, then you went here, then you went here. You, you went all over the place. And you were yeah, looking I mean, it for sounds like things. these characters are adventurers or, or law keepers, peacekeepers. I mean, it, like they're, they're going to be dispatched, you know, like they, they always have somewhere to be. They're not just hanging out at an outpost. They're not just looking for bounties. They are tasked with going around and probably fucking up bad guys. I mean, yeah, very rarely are there shows that honor the evil. I mean, Breaking Bad's one of them. Soprano, I think, is one of them. But typically most shows are about good guys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so before I get into the quotes or the the idiot responses from our Instagram, I will say one thing. <laughs> a lot of people were trying to peg this show as the this is the Cara Dune and Bo-Katan show because it's female led. Clearly, it's not like she's said different timeline, right. different area of the universe. This is this is not going to be. It, like a Skywalker timeline show based off of what Bro, she said. I'm still going off the fact that KRT is just full of shit to their eyes with a, a Kara and Bo show. It makes no fucking sense on top of the nonsense that Gina is spouting out. Now, Disney hasn't come out and said anything yet because, I mean, she hasn't said anything that offensive. You, you just... Yeah. She's becoming a liability, though, because there, there are people that are starting to just being rubbed the wrong way from her social media posts yeah Uh, so even if that was a series which still just on the surface it sounded ridiculous uh there's a good chance they're reevaluating that series at this point in time yeah okay so now i'm gonna read some of the responses to our just instagram post about this and i will our instagram post does not link to the to the 
actual article because we can't do it on, on Instagram. So here's what the Instagram post said. It says, earlier in 2020, it was announced that Leslie Headland, the creator of Netflix's Russian Doll, would be creating a brand new female-led Star Wars property for Disney. And that was it. And it had a picture of her. That was it. So unless you went and read the story on StarWarsTime.net, you didn't know the content behind it. Nick, you know he, this. You know people don't fucking read on the internet. They just look at a title or they look at an image and then they try to figure out what the author's intent was. It's fantastic. Yeah. So here's what we got some responses. <laughs> I, I haven't even seen them, so I'm, I'm interested. Going Ooh. off her comments, ouch. Okay. And then somebody just posted a rolling eyes emoji. Somebody says... Uh, why does she look like a great value Cara Dune? Like, what, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Somebody just puts no thanks, three thumbs down. Yikes, one, like, thumbs down. Uh, FFS, which means for fuck's sake. Like, I, 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 I don't understand it. I don't understand well, let these me types explain of responses. It to, let me explain it to you. We live in a country where 72 million people thought that the current leader was a good idea to keep going. So this type of shit doesn't surprise me in the least. We've talked about this before when we really used to rail on the fucking troglodytes of Star Wars fandom. I, just like anything else in this country, once, once fucking MAGA took over, people started to become really comfortable with being pieces of shit in public. That's why TLJ got fucking hammered for its shit. That's why uh, John was getting picked on for being a black stormtrooper. That's why Leslie's getting shit on just for being a fucking girl making yeah, a like, Star I, Wars project. I don't understand. Like, you don't know any fucking thing about this. You don't even know a single plot detail. And you're like, not for fuck's sake. This is stupid. I'm not <laughs> interested. Like, you know nothing about it. And and. For people like that, if you listen to this show and you have that mindset, stop fucking listening to my show because you're an embarrassment to human beings. Oh, like shots fired. It, it, it is unbelievable that somebody could have a take like this based off of nothing other than the fact that she is a woman who's writing the show and that she wants to have a female lead. Like, are you that dumb? Like, is your sensibility that far into the fucking dirt that those that that it being created by a lady and then probably yes. will have a female yes. lead? Like, if, if that's where you are, stop listening to my shit right now everyone, because you're an embarrassment. Everyone in the United States just needs to realize that half the fucking people we live around are fucking nuts. They're fucking moronic. They don't believe in facts anymore. They only believe in cult-like mentality, uh, the cult of personality, if you will. They're all about Tommy tough guys. Uh, none of this surprised me. It, it, it does sadden me. I mean, it's fucking stupid. Someone in here in the chat, yeah, toxic masculinity. That's exactly what it is. I, I don't know what these people suffered in their own lives, but I guarantee you they've went through something in their life to make them hate themselves, and this is how they make themselves feel better by shitting on other people that don't look like them or had the same fucking junk in the trunk. Yeah. And it's just like, fine. If you like, like the one comment that really gets me is like the one that is like talking about the way she looks. It's like, what, what, what does that have to do with anything? Like, what is her physical appearance? Yeah. I mean, let's be real. Anything. I love John and Dave, but they're both fucking fatzos. 
Yeah. Like I mean, they're, John, they're just, John Favreau is an odd looking individual. Like, I don't get it. I just don't fucking understand that mindset. And it really pisses me off that like, yeah, I, I mean, I know that this shit exists and it's out there, but like to see that type of response on a story that we posted on our, on our channel and that we posted on our, to our fans, get that type of response really fucking irks me. Uh, it's just unacceptable. And you know what? If you, if you think that, then get the fuck out of here. Like, I just, I don't. Oh, dude, you probably, I think, I think you just wiped out half of our audience. (laughs) I mean, if that's the case, then that's, I'm totally fine with it. But like this woman has created an incredible show already on Netflix with Russian doll. It's a damn good show. I mean, I, I've watched it. I I would like to see another, another season. It's fun. It's a, it's a really good kind of groundhog day esque show. Yeah. And then what further pisses me off is that this is in response to female led female created things. Your main one of your main characters in the original trilogy was Leia by far female, strong female lead character. You know, I mean, I just don't understand how people, especially people in Star Wars, can be this fucking dumb and this misogynistic, given the content that has come out from Star Wars. Like, I I just don't understand it. And like, yeah, dude, it's nothing. Trust me, I've spent the past four years and probably the rest of my life fighting in my head and trying to reason how people can be so moronic and just ignore facts right in front of their face yeah it's it's absolutely mind-boggling the way people operate in this country right now it, it's yeah. fucking insane one of the other comments was like "Ugh, like the sequel trilogy it was like, first off the sequel trilogy was not female created at all like it had a female lead with ray right. and you cannot you could say anything you want about the sequel trilogy you can't say that it was bad acting like John, I'd, I'd say da- Daisy da- was the best, one great. of the best actors on the project. Yeah, so like you can't sit there and shit on it because the writers fucked it up and that there was no cohesive story. That's not the actress's fault. No, like she did a commendable job, a fantastic job in every movie that she was in. So I mean, Daisy did so it, good; she doesn't have a career anymore. <laughs> I mean, I, I I just don't understand it. Like, I don't understand. It just it's just one of these things that fucking pissed me off. But in terms of the project itself, I'm excited for it because it gives me everything that I want from a Star Wars project. It gets me outside of the established timeline. It gets me outside of the established universe. And it makes something that's uniquely Star Wars, but with new characters. Maybe even some returning characters from old canon that get pulled in, which would be even better. Like for if she's going to take... If she's going to revive some of these characters like Bastilla Shan or like Revan, Malak, any of these other characters from the Old Republic, or even, you know, somebody else, like somebody else. Hey, we got uh, uh, Bill Boyko in the chat here. He threw out Asajj Asajj Ventress as a female character. I mean, Asajj was fantastic. I love Asajj. One of the the best arcs in Star Wars, if you really follow it from from start to finish. And I believe her, she's kind of left unresolved in the Clone Wars. Yeah, I mean, even, like, second sister from, uh, what you call it? Like, there's a lot of good female villains from uh, Fallen Fallen Order. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of them. I mean, uh, Darth Talon from the old games. I mean, there's a a lot, and I just don't... We're going to be talking about Darth Talon on this cast. 
Look I at think... look at Nick setting up a tease. What a pin. <laughs> I've I've got some Darth Talon canon talk coming up. There we go. Stay um, tuned. So there's a I mean, I think that there's a lot of good that can be in this that that can't come for this pro- from this project and I'm excited about it regardless of whether it's female led, male led, alien led or if whoever the creator is. I, yeah, I don't I, care about I mean, uh, honestly, you know. a fucking AI could write it as long as it's entertaining. I don't give a shit. And speaking of shit, a turd could literally animate itself, come <laughs> to life through magic, use its fecal matter to draw out the script. And if it's good content, I would still like it. Yeah, I, I just. All right. Well, let's let's All move right, on. So I let's, want let's Nick's, Nick's going to fucking blow a gasket. Any, anytime he starts getting on my level of, of hate and, and he gets animated like that, we, we got to like tone this shit back i don't want the guy to have a stroke it's just it's just fucking it's neanderthal it is, it's I mean, awful it's, man it's, it's just it's something dumb. i just i don't even address anymore i just I, I i like you throughout that sequel run just seeing all the the nonsense comments and shit posts it, it just it did me in i was like i'm just gonna fucking remove myself from this crap uh fuck fuck the comments yeah, first off Unless you're commenting on my videos because I'm telling you to, <laughs> most people that leave comments on shit are fucking losers, okay? Oh, man. Yeah, L- let's think about it. I mean, uh, how many people are, are, you know, getting on a site unless they know it's somebody and they're communicating or they have other friends on the site? I mean, I, have you ever felt motivated to comment on a post, Nick? If it's- and that's the thing is like, sometimes i will but i'll like if i if i come across a post and i'm like i don't like that i don't feel the need that, that's to, what i to mean say, i'm like, talking I don't i'm like talking it. more like articles versus just like looking at someone's pictures on instagram and leaving a comment i'm talking like you're on like a a mashable or something you know sometimes they have a comment section oh, you're yeah. just like who Never. are these people <laughs> i don't get once. that shit all right um, all right well, hey nick's not done yet he's I'm not he, done he, yet. he's already kicked <laughs> half of you out of our fan base and now yeah. he's going to tell you the right fucking way to watch the star wars movies which is counter to what i introduced last week with the chronological timeline yes so for those of you that have a few brain cells remember there's chronological and then there is an opinion based way to watch the movies mine was all about the star wars timeline and how each film an animated episode falls in line so if you really want to see the true story of anakin skywalker and his brood you would follow me from the beginning nick took the approach of fuck all that shit who has the time to watch 133 episodes of the clone wars in chronological order where you have to use a fucking table to look up the order because they weren't in order he's just gonna do the movies in the way he thinks they should be viewed yes so i teased it a little bit uh, at the end or the middle of the last podcast. So I just went ahead and put together my preferred watch order. And I will tell you why this is my preferred watch order and why I think it is the best way to watch I, I let, it. Real quick, Nick, I think that was a, that paragraph looks a little too long in the article. You're getting like Star Which, Wars time show fan question response long. There's three periods in that top par- paragraph. This one right here underneath your one through 11. Maybe it's because I got the screen squished, but I don't know. Like, oh no, there's there's there's, there's multiple what, uh, here. This this is Professor HTML Matt coming out, and, and yeah, think I about think there's this. Like, there's one long sentence in there. Both of these movies do a fantastic. I, I would job. I would hit an enter right after A New Hope. That's where I'd put an enter. Right oh, there. You, you're talking about like the actual paragraph itself. Right. Yes, yes, I I would agree. So here's I would say here's from a, here's, there here's a pro tip. 
if you want to be an asshole like me or Nick online blogging or you, you contribute to an online site, and I teach this in my college classes, and I think sometimes students think I'm nuts, but it is right if you think about it because we all do it. When you get on the internet, you devolve as a human. Yeah. We just talked about it. People look at images and post titles and start acting like a caveman. People devolve on the internet. So if you have like a long block of text, they're going to look at that shit and go, fuck you. I'm not <laughs> reading that crap. And they'll just skip it and get in the comment section and tell you how dumb you are based on what your title says. So that is a very good point. Th- there's your, there's your uh, web etiquette 101 <laughs> from Professor <laughs> Matt. Thank you. There we go. All so right, mo- moving on, move along, move along. The, the best way, in my opinion, and this stems from me always starting with the OT. So I, I basically go in a modified release order um, is the best way to put it. And this is movies only. So I, I like to start with the OT. I think it is, even though the prequels technically exist in it, exist before it chronologically in, in order in the universe, I think that the original trilogy lays the, the foundation that is necessary to enjoy both of the subsequent and uh, you know, I guess you would call it, you know, the, the, the I, I mean, the yeah, you, you, you have to say that's true because that's the way the maker delivered it. Exactly. So the way that I watch is now with all 11 movies out, I watch solo rogue one, a new hope empire return of the Jedi, then Phantom Menace AOTC. I almost put in AOTC that like, you can really only, you know, just watch like the last 40 minutes of it. Um, Revenge of the Sith, Force Awakens, TLJ, Rise of Skywalker. Some people will ask me, well, why are Solo and Rogue One up front? Are they up front? Why are they the first two that you watch? The explanation behind that is, is Solo and Rogue One lie in a very different part of the timeline in comparison to the other two uh, trilogies, the prequel and the sequel. So it doesn't make sense to really watch them either after the prequels or before the sequels like you should watch them as a part of the original trilogy because that's essentially what they are they are in addition to the ot yeah i mean rogue one is essentially episode three and a half right Mm -hmm. yeah then you get episode four so for me solo in particular does something that you really aren't going to appreciate if you watch it directly after the prequels because you're like okay well I'm, ge- I'm being introduced to a character that had no bearance on the story at all from the movies that I just saw. So starting with it introduces you to a main character that plays a very huge part right up front. And it also gives you context into Han Solo as a character and why he acts the way he does in episode four. But um, we also, Nick, get a, a different presentation of the rebellion, right? Yes. Uh, we, we learn more, more so than any other film that the rebellion was a true rebellion. It was hap- happening in pockets and factions, but every yes. faction was doing something for the greater good where yeah. uh, Emphasis faction, they were out there collecting coaxium for the rebel fleet. Yeah. So with this order, you get to see a really good evolution of the rebellion, like you said, from small, small pockets to more organized in Rogue One actually putting in a full assault on an imperial controlled planet of Scarif. And then you get to see, you know, the full rebellion at its full power 
in episode four, five, and six. <laughs> it's full powers, like <laughs> there's a couple I mean, X wings, and they yeah. always were ass wipes. I mean, you, you have to argue the battle of Scarif really fucked them up. I mean, it fucked their fleet up. They, they lost the entire yeah, blue squadron. They they lost a capital ship. Yeah. I, I mean, mean it, it's really not like the rebels them. were able to, to make uh, those huge cruisers left and right. So, yeah. And you also get like through watching Solo and Rogue One, you get an introduction to Maul right up front as a as a big bad as like. So now you can go back and watch the prequels and say like, hey, this yeah. guy ends up running crime syndicates like he and, and that idea. Here. Again, that's another tease for our next topic. Maul yeah. is the big bad. Keep Keep so. thinking about that. I think that watching Solo on Rogue One in front of the original trilogy sets up a lot. It gives a lot of good context with the two newer movies to the older movies. And it also builds the rebellion up in a very interesting way. It also gives you the best Darth Vader scene you're ever going to see. True. Um, then going into the prequels, because once you go in, when you go into the prequels, you then get all of the necessary context into how we got here. You get the, the old Ben... Like, you know, the Clone Wars, you get the old Ben, your father, you know, the, the point of view thing, your father was killed by Darth Vader. So you fill in all those gaps and then it is necessary to watch the prequels before you watch the sequels, because if you don't, then you completely miss out on the importance of Palpatine and, you know, yeah, his, his long is, game and, and how exactly. fucking pimpy he was. Yeah, and I mean, the this I, there, there's nothing to argue about this order. Uh, I have OCD issues, so these days, uh, for some reason, I can only watch it in Star Wars timeline chronological order. I'd said this last week. With each release of seven, eight, nine, I would spend you know a couple weeks prior rewatching every movie, and I always had to do it in Star Wars chronological order. That's crazy. Nick Nick has very valid points. They were delivered this way for the most part in real life chronological uh, chronological order. Uh, the only ones he's kind of moving around are Solo and Rogue. Those obviously came out way way after uh, four, five, and six. Uh, but it does make sense. And again, George started with four, five, and six, and I believe one of the reasons was because he knew the story he wanted to tell in one through three. He didn't have the technology to do it yet. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think he also felt starting in the middle. Or in, in those days, I think he was calling it the end. Yeah, starting at the end. Uh, of his of his six-movie suite, he, he, just like Nick said, he thought it would make more sense to kind of tell where things are before showing how it got there. Yeah. And I, I gave you... I'm actually going to change the, the name of this order. I said the comparison watch-through okay, order. Okay, yeah, let me scroll I'm gonna to the I'm going to change it to the Hero's Journey order. And this basically allows you to watch... The hero's journey or what exists of the hero's journey for each main character in each trilogy in in sequence. So in, instead of doing it in any sort of like trilogy order or chronological order, this this would be Phantom Menace first, then A New Hope, then Force Awakens. So you're watching the first of each trilogy in order. And then you get to compare. The reason I called it comparison is you're comparing the 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 journey of each main character to the to each other as you watch right. them and george is on record i believe saying that he always planned on mirroring themes in the prequels to the originals exactly uh, like almost can... identical how they flow yeah yeah they're a little bit different stories but the overarching narrative theme is pretty much the same between one and four 
two and five, so on and so forth. Exactly. So you get to see that too, because the same thing happens in the sequel trilogy. I mean, you people really shit on JJ when he released TF. Well, I mean, it wasn't as hard as they shit on Ryan, but like people were a little upset that JJ was mirroring episode four with episode seven. Guess what? George did the same thing. What what, what do you think the fucking trade Federation attack was? It was, it was a mini version of the death star. Anakin himself blew it up just like his son did many years later. I mean, come on. Um, I didn't go to film school, but are are star Wars movies that fucking hard to kind of look under the cover? I mean, come on. Easy to understand. So Joe, uh, Klondike from the chat asked if that's the order I'd recommend the for comparison? somebody who's never seen the films. No, uh, I would, no. So I would recommend the best way to watch yes. Solo Rogue One right. first as the as a way to introduce it to new people. One, I'll say I'll tell you this. One, it's worked for me because I, that's how I showed it to Taylor and she enjoyed it. And two, you're starting off with two new newer movies. So oftentimes people who aren't big movie buffs won't get into older movies. So if you give yeah, them he's right. I mean, let, let's be front. real. Let's be real. What ILM and George did on four, five, and six, amazing. They they yeah. should have won Olympic medals, uh, you know, medals of freedom, whatever. It, and it does still hold up to a point. But when you look at episode four, five, and six now, and you compare it to hell, even seven, eight, nine, what they're doing in space and whatnot with the visuals, it's like okay. Yeah, yeah you could see the guys with their models and their matte paintings to create backgrounds. I mean, it is we love it to us. It's it's life. But Nick is right. You bring in a non Star Wars fan, you throw you throw a new hope in. They're going to be fucking shocked. They're going to be like, what the it, fuck? it's going to be a culture shock because they're probably not used to seeing movies from the 70s. Yeah. So uh, I think, yes, Klondike, I think that that one is. is I, and I can't I, I can't disagree with that. It, it really is. It, it's for the most part outside of one and two. It's how the maker intended them to be viewed. Uh, we have to trust his decisions, especially way back at the beginning. Uh, he had a reason for literally starting at episode four. And yeah, I know it wasn't called episode four at first. It was just Star Wars. And then he's like, holy shit, I'm fucking rich. Let's make more. This is actually, uh, I'm just kidding. This was episode four, New Hope. See, we re-released the crawl. See, see, yeah. I meant this all along. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah, um, you're right. I, I mean, I, 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 my timeline, the chron, the chronological shit, that's for like nut jobs like myself. People yeah. that truly want to be immersed in the Star Wars universe and just kind of see the story of Anakin from, from start to finish in a chronological order. Cause George has said, at least when it was his episodes one through six were the, it was the tragedy of Anakin Skywalker. Exactly. It wasn't about Luke. It wasn't about the offspring. It was always about Anakin and Vader period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so to continue with the comparison, watch through, you're just going down the line in terms of the movies that come in sequence for each trilogy. So Phantom Menace, New Hope, Force Awakens, Attack of the Clones, Empire Strikes Back, Last Jedi, then Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. And then that way you get to compare the hero's journey for every one of your main characters or as much of the hero's journey exists for every one of your main characters in sequence for each one right. of them. And, and like I, we said, you'll, you'll see the similarities uh, yes. play out between each three of the starts. So I like exactly. that. That was an interesting one, Nick. Good one there, buddy. Uh, uh, but and I, I don't know, that, man. I mean, it is... Those of us that grew up with four, five, and six, hell, even before one, two, and three existed, we 
we really got the best of everything. Right? Because mm-hmm. it, 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 I mean, it, it is what one... it was. We're like, okay, we, we just watched three of the greatest movies ever. Holy fuck. I love George. If he was here, I'd suck, I'd suck his dick. I'd stick my mm-hmm. thumb up his ass, whatever he wants. Then where he's like, oh, guess what? I'm now going to show you how all those people ended up and how the galaxy ended up that way. I was like, fuck! I mean, it, <laughs> it was the greatest pitch I've ever heard. I was like, fuck me. I think I was like nine, I was 15 or 16, mid-90s when he announced it. Uh, E1 came out in 99. I'll never forget the lead up to it, the expectations. Like, oh my God, I'm finally going to see how this supposed great Jedi Knight, Anakin Skywalker, fucked it all up and became this Darth Vader guy. <laughs> and quite frankly, I was utterly disappointed uh, I'm getting better with that. I've, I've gone to many Star Wars prequels anonymous meetings at this point. Hello, my name is Matt. I used to hate the prequels, but I am recovering. Okay, that's what I like to say these days. And thanks to TCW and a little bit of Rebels, I think it it corrected many of the errors I saw within the prequel trilogy and not really uh, doing Anakin's turn justly. Yeah. Um, but man, just those were the glory days. Cause we, we had all that unknown to think about. Not only did we refresh with the Vader, I'm your daddy reveal, which is almost impossible these days to hide it from any new fan. Yeah. <laughs> we were fresh on what was going to come before what was to come. It really was the glory days. But like Joe's saying here, a lot of us old people are stuck to the four, five, six, then the one, two, three, then the seven, eight, nine. I am not. I, I've broken of that, and it, it is, it's OCD-based. It's almost like I feel like I'll die if I don't watch it in chronological Star Wars timeline order. As we all know, I have problems that most people do not. So good, good stuff there, Nick. I think you, uh, you definitely gave some fans some things to think about, to argue about, to have pissing matches over, <laughs> and I'm sure someone will tell you you're an idiot before the day is up. More, more than likely. <laughs> All right, so here we go. This is going to pay off on some of the teases here. This just popped up today. Uh, apparently, this book is due out sometime this fall. I, I didn't see an actual release date outside of fall 2020. And the book I'm talking about, it's written by Paul Duncan, and it's called The Star Wars Archives, Episodes 1 through 3, 99 to 2005. And from what I've garnered, er, garnered, what the fuck is that? Garnered. I'm a goner, dude. Uh, from what I garnered from just what is leaked onto Reddit from the author himself and people, you know how they are on Reddit, they'll just scan the whole fucking book in and throw it on there. But from what I gathered, George, we all know George had some sort of a treatment for 7, 8, and 9, the sequel mm-hmm. trilogy. We all knew he revised the treatment and, and sold it to Disney as part of the deal. And Bob just basically told him to go fuck himself with it. Uh, Bob Iger is a scumbag. All right. Um, but what we didn't know is George had a version of the sequel trilogy before he sold it. And there were some yes. interesting uh, nuances to how he wanted it to play out. Uh, so this book, like I said, Paul Duncan wrote it and he actually threw out some tweets because fans are just asking him questions. Uh, so the lowdown here, just let me let me summarize what this would have been. Uh, so 789 in George's world pre the sale. Okay. Talking to this guy for this book, there's going to be anecdotes in this book. I, I really think this book could be interesting if people love uh, George and kind of just getting behind that, that head of his, which he wasn't a very open celebrity or an open figure. He was not. But 
what he was shooting for, at least before the sale and he did his uh, revision for Disney, Luke would have been reforming the Jedi Order. I mean, I think that's he's had that from the get go yeah, uh, from using survivors of Order 66. They're even saying there might have only been 50 to 100 Jedi that Luke would have been able to, to tap into. So he would have had to get back to ground one, like bringing them in as kids starting from there. Here, here's the fucking very interesting stuff. And you could see how George was working towards this through the Clone Wars. Yeah. Darth Maul and Darth Talon would have been the big bads. And that's because in this version, it wasn't so much a remnant empire. Yeah, he, they, he was talking about having stormtroopers taking over planets and just kind of being warlords and shit. But he, George, was running with the gangsters, the crime lords, the crime syndicates. They were the factions kind of uh, filling the void of the Imperial defeat. So it would have been Maul and Talon would have been the big bads that Luke, Leia's, and Hans would have been battling against in 7, 8, and 9. Um, Leia, and this is the other big revelation, Leia would have ultimately become the chosen one in George's mind. Mm-hmm. By becoming the Supreme Chancellor of the New Republic and actually reuniting the galaxy after, what, multiple trilogies of conflict. Yeah. Um, we get a few more details in here in the tweet, at least. Uh, not really. I mean, I guess the fans like, really, how is Leia going to be the chosen one? And, and Paul just said, at the end of a war, everything is broken and society needs to be put together and healed so that it can work again. The chosen one is the person who brings balance by achieving this. And that would have been Leia, obviously through her politics. And you would have think there would have been some force stuff going on there too. Uh, I, I just thought it was neat. And then there is a, a little excerpt of the book here and it just kind of expands upon what I was talking about. So uh, they're saying it was going to take Luke at least 20 years to form the new Jedi order, just based on how depleted force users were. Uh, Senator Organa becoming Supreme Chancellor, uh, Maul and Talon becoming the big bads because of their ties to the underworld. And, and really, it does make sense. Uh, George was very keyed into the Star Wars underworld before he quit. I mean, that's yeah. what his fucking show was going to be Star Wars Underworld. 50 episodes, right? 50 scripts. Uh, we, we saw it last year. There was like CG storyboards already done with real actors. So George definitely was getting into the, the underworld aspect of Star Wars, uh, moving on beyond episodes one through six. So mm-hmm. what can we say? Obviously, this is never going to fucking happen. We know I will that. say that the character of Darth Talon would be interesting to, to bring back in some form or fashion, because I'll tell you right now, based off of this, George would have nuked Cannon anyway. If he built that, he would have had to blow Cannon up, old Cannon. He would have had to do it. Well, you got to remember, this still was coming off of his Clone Wars stuff where he was the ones like, hey, you know what, Dave, bring Maul back to life. Fuck it. Oh, no. I'm, yeah, I, I mean, like, novel canon. Like, oh, yeah, he yeah, would have okay, had yeah. to explode novel canon. He would have had to explode video game canon. I, because in, in novel canon at that time, like, she didn't come in until, like, 100 years later. Like, she was, she came gotcha. in way later in the, 
in like the timeline. I mean, honestly, stuff. Nick, my take she, on she was like around a hundred years later. My take on old novel canon, which is now legends. I I honestly always thought that George looked at them as legends, anyways. I I never looked at the old books. Probably why I didn't read them as gospel because yeah. it wasn't blessed by George or Lucas. So, yeah, obviously the rights were given to these people, but I don't even think George looked at those novels as anything that he was beholden to. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think that, that he was. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, cause she came in, the first time you see her was basically in the, 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 the game, the uh, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy game. She was the primary villain there. But then she also like persisted for another, I don't know. She was around for a long time. Like she, she lasted I just know she looks fucking hot as hell. I mean, she's got like that mall paint scheme and she's got the, the head tails. That's all I need to start popping wood. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is how far down you're getting in terms of like the, you know, the fucking, the, the rabbit hole, her, her, (laughs) Her um, apprentice was Cade Skywalker, which is like so far down the Skywalker fucking line that you don't even know who his dad was. His dad was Cole Skywalker, head of the Jedi Council, <laughs> descended from Anakin and Luke. Uh, right. Like, who was his dad? Like, he, he died in 130 ABY, so that's 130 years yeah, after. Yeah, I mean, that, like, that's getting crazy. I, you're, I do. You're I getting it, way it, in there. It sounds like this trilogy... I don't think George was fucking with any new people. He was, he was, he was continuing on the big three through seven, eight, nine as kind of being the main mains. I mean, I'm sure he would have got a few younger people in there. Some of Luke's Jedi. Oh yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe some of been easier. I mean, if he was working on this in 2012, so I wouldn't say it would be easier to do cause it would still be old. Like TFA released in 2015. So you're only talking like if you released in 2012, you're only talking a three year difference. So they're still old motherfuckers. So you had to have yeah. a new crop. <laughs> but like the new crop would have probably been kids. I yeah. don't know. Re- relations. Don't know what, you're probably right. Yeah. Like their their relations. Solos, which is what, Skywalkers, that type of stuff. Yeah. But I, like, I was, like I said, like, give, like depending on where he's doing this in terms of canon timeline, he would have had to nuke a lot of what happened. Like in, hey, in novels George, and George is all right. George is fine creating plot holes within his own work. Okay, he's yeah. got no issue with that. I mean, look at he he turned Obi Wan into essentially a bullshit artist yeah. by doing episodes one through three. I mean, he made old man Obi Wan look like a senile mushroom eating uh, dickhead. Yeah, and I feel like he <laughs> like he kind of made it up on the fly. He was like, I, I really do think when he killed fucking Maul in episode one, he was like, I'm pretty sure I killed him. Like, I, I, I think he's dead. And then he saw the fan response and he's like, man, people really like this motherfucker. Let's bring him back into Clone Wars. Like, let's, let's make that happen. And then when the fan response continued to be so big for him, he's just like, you know what, man? He's the, he's the main bad guy of my new trilogy. Like, I feel like he modified his stance and that's what George does. Like George modifies his stories based off of what he sees the audience responding to. So I think it would be cool to see because I I think that Darth Talon and the Darth Maul angle would have been really interesting. Um, I, I would have really liked to see a trilogy where the formation of the Jedi order was happening and you didn't come in post that. 
because I think that that's really cool. That's what made yeah the video well, games post ROTJ really interesting. I mean, really, because- that's why a lot of people are still butthurt over TLJ. That's they wanted that Luke. I, I'm not even so sure they wanted He Man Luke, Superman Luke. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't care if he yeah. fucking saved the galaxy. I, again, I think like- they wanted to see him not be such a dickhead and actually see what it was like to watch the former learner become the master. But it's just things like, on to another uh, like Padawan. this what almost what he's saying here is like. I don't want to say it's in direct conflict with what he said previously, but, but he just said that he would have had episode eight Luke be essentially the same as Ryan's where he's disillusioned. He's on an island. He's fucking he hates everybody and everything like that. But in this one in, right here in this fucking book, he says that Luke would be rebuilding the Jedi Order from Survivors of Order 66. So which, what the fuck is it? <laughs> like, what the fuck is it, George? Yeah. Like, you make up your goddamn mind, because I feel like he, like now that he's in hey, this you speculative land... you be nice to land, George, Nick. He's a dreamer, goddammit. He is, but his dreams are even confused. <laughs> like, because <laughs> like, he, he was quoted as saying... I, I would have had Luke the same way in episode eight. Okay, if that's the case... Well, he was going to kill him for sure. Yeah, he was going to kill him, but he was also going to be a disillusioned piece of work. <laughs> but is like, that his Disney treatments? Again, I really think this is a whole different treatment before he even got into Disney. It, it may have been. It may have been. That's so at least like what he, the author said, because I think he was talking to George back in the early 2000s. But he said... Doesn't he say here? He said... These were some of his ideas when prepping the films in 2012. The sale happened in before he sold to Disney, as related to me by George in, a, in an interview last year. So yeah, but like that. So did he? So like I guess I guess no. These, I guess they were some ideas he was going to pass to Disney. Yeah, it's just weird because he's like in one sentence he's saying that Luke was going to be rebuilding the Jedi Order, and then in the next sentence he's saying, hey. "Well, in eight he was completely disillusioned on an island." Bro, I mean, we're talking about the guys that made the prequels, so you just got to you got to give him a pass sometimes. All right, it's true. Jeez, we got to get Nick a drink after this cast. It's just weird because like he's starting to morph into Matt Junior. I love it. Like I'm the thoughts- one smiling. He's like, "Fuck, George, you idiot." His thoughts are just. You can clearly see that like. He has now entered, like, uh, George has now entered, like, fan speculation land. <laughs> like I love was, the guy. I want to uh, go hang out with George. I, I bet no, it's a I miserable do, experience, but I just want to do it. I feel like he wouldn't want to talk about Star no, Wars. No, I still don't think George yeah. can interact with humans. I don't. I really don't. He's only talking to Jet and his wife. And, and, and no, I'm talking, like, behind closed doors, like, just sitting down and having a chat. Like, yeah. if he's on a set, he can talk shop. Outside of that, if he's not talking shop, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I really yeah, don't. Yeah, he's, he's in a different land. So, <laughs> uh, it, interesting piece there yeah. from, I mean, uh, from Paul Duncan's new book that's going to be coming out some, maybe sometimes this year. I mean, there's only They said fall 2020, and we're, we're, so. we're down to basically weeks at this point. So, uh, who knows? But I, it could definitely have some interesting anecdotes in there. Not that it's going to really change anything going forward, but... Uh, for those that may want to live in the past or live in a dream world, you have the Star Wars archives to look forward to. Yes. Uh, and those who do like buying stuff, we're moving into that portion of the cast. So far, we're doing great on time. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I'm, I'm starting to get sick of fucking Mando Monday. Uh, <laughs> Mando Monday can go fuck itself at this point. As I said, when these were coming to fruition, 
this is Luke Lucasfilm's bullhorn signaling that they know they have a fucking winner on their hands and they are going to drive the license down our throats. It's no longer just a figure here or there. I mean, we're talking bed sheets, toilets, toilet wipes, you name it. It has something from the Mandalorian on it. So I, I'm typically on these Mando Monday recaps, just sticking to the bullshit, the stuff that us idiots may want to you know waste our money on and those are the action figures all right or the cool looking collectibles and we got three of them this week and one was another kick to the dick for anyone that likes to collect black series figures and i'm talking about the star wars remnant stormtrooper this was another one of those awesome hasbro target exclusive deals that if you do not believe in using shopping cart scripts or bots there's almost no chance you got it unless you have, you know, like the Flash's ability to click on a mouse. Gone. Like this fucking Stormtrooper kind of looks all right. Although I'd argue just buy some of the new bucket heads and weather them yourself. But this Stormtrooper, which many would consider is, a, is an army type of figure, meaning you want to buy multiple, for some reason was limited to Target, which we know uh, means no one's getting it that actually wants it. It's only going to the fuck faces and the flippers that do this for a living and sell the shit on the black market, ensuring that both Hasbro and Target sees no additional revenue from selling these action figures. So this one gets a big double fuck you for me. Next up, we have the Black Series Mandalorian helmet. This is something I think even my friend could get behind here. Mm. Uh, it's a $120 Black Series helmet, meaning it's not going to be like titty titties, but it looks pretty slick. It's got yeah. electronics, got a flashlight for it. Uh, and, and this one, actually, you can I believe you can still get. This wasn't an exclusive. They said it was going to be Amazon, but you can get it anywhere. Really, uh, the, the usual suspects I hit, Big Bad Toy Spore, Spore. I got, mush I got mushrooms on the brain here. Big bad toy store, poppy peepoo, and Entertainment Earth. Uh, you yeah. can snag those. And uh, then the it's pre-order available on Amazon. It doesn't release until June first, twenty twenty-one. So right. you got time. And then last but not least, the good old egg canister and child Funko set. We saw this leak a few uh, weeks back. That's where I kind of got on the, this egg canister means something train. And it did. And Nick got on. I just think it's for the kid to eat. And he wasn't necessarily wrong there either. So yay for us. We're fucking awesome. Uh, but if you're still into the Funko love, this would be from Amazon. It seems Amazon's getting all the Funko exclusives. So there you go. There's your fucking Mando Monday recap. Uh, I actually spent zero dollars. Yay for me. Uh, just with our last little new toy reveal here. And this one probably is going to cost me. Thanks, Klondike, you motherfucker. He's the one that tipped me off to this last night. And I just replied, fuck, with a period. And what I'm talking about, my friends, is it sure shit looks like Hot Toys is not done with their Mandalorian Season 1 wave of figures yet because they are teasing a 1-6 scale Moff Gideon and a motherfucking 1-6 scale Tusken Raider. Uh, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I've, I literally have them all locked up and pre-ordered at this point. Did this you pre-order the, the sideshow Moff Gideon? No. I told okay, you last so week yeah. I was going to hold out to see if Hot Toys did one, yeah. didn't I? Like, I have a little bit yeah. of patience with good, this good shit. Good call. 
good call. Uh, so, I mean, it, to me, the Gideon is that's a fucking no brainer. Uh, the Tuscan. I'm going to I'm going to be like, you know, eh, 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 you know, maybe, maybe not. But I'm going to tell you right now, just knowing the quality of product that Hot Toys puts out and just all the sh- accessories and little nuancy shit that would go on a Tuscan Raiders body. I do think in hand and once we get the actual glamour shots, I think it's going to be a fucking beauty of just a random Star Wars side character Barbie doll. So if I can break my OCD, I'll probably leave out the Tuscan Raider, but we all know I'm full of shit, so there's a good chance I'll be adding both of these once they go live uh, to round out the Mandalorian Season 1 complete set, 1-6 scale Star Wars Barbies. Yay for me. There goes all that Funko Pop cash we just made. Gone. <laughs> like, thousands. Bye-bye. Down the drain. Oh, yeah. Those that are into the hot toy shit, Tones just reminded me, uh, it looks like the full Beskar Mando deluxe set with Child is going to be shipping early. Those that have pre-ordered the... uh, uh Uh-oh, Contra time. Those that have pre-ordered the Incinerator Trooper from the Mandalorian for Hot Toys, uh, I got my notice that they're going to be shipping after your uh, latest payment, so we should be seeing those drop at the end of November, early December. Uh, so it sounds like a lot of the hot toy, like season ones that we were pre-ordering this time last year or early 2020 are starting to get shipped out to your house. Nice. Yay for money loss. You know what I mean? <laughs> money loss. <laughs> oh, man. All right, dude. It's time for the fan segment at 2.15. Uh, I don't know if we're really doing that good on time or not. Probably not. But uh, we're at my piss stop as well. So give me a second to bring up the slack and I'm going to turn it over to Nick boy here. Yes. And there's no need to to review the question this week. Yeah. He's going to get into the questions. Yes. It was just, what was your favorite, uh, Mandalorian scenes? All right. It looks like action figure noob gets first dibs. Yes. Ready? He's first. Go. I will run through this response while Matt goes to the bathroom. Uh, there's no story responses this time because we try to we're trying to make this one faster, knowing that Matt has his anniversary day today. So no 25 page response from Darth Hideous or anything like that. We're going straight to the responses on the on the post. So he says, my absolute favorite part that made me seriously bust out laughing was when they crashed in that cavern. Din was looking for the kid and the eggs. And he finds them, finds them on top of the canister and the kid ate one and then asks, how many did you eat? I found that line and how he said it freaking hilarious. This episode showed us that Din needs to work on his parenting skills a little bit more. I know a lot of people are complaining this episode felt like a filler, but I found it to be just like what the U.S. election was. <laughs> just had to be a little patient with the results. Uh, I'm sure this episode will make more sense down the season. That's kind of what we were saying. Uh, and our, you know, discussion on it, uh, even though I felt it was a, a little weak, I, I feel like it could kind of come back with significance given what happens later in the oh, season. Oh yeah. Now, now he's changing his tune. I see how it is. I saw what I said. I, I don't <laughs> like it. Like, even if it gets more significance, I still don't like the episode. Like the uh, episode itself is just, it's not fine, good. Nick. We just, we like uh, to, we like to pull on those <laughs> nipples every once in a while. Up next lights, camera tentacles, the creator yes. of cluster fucks the cluster flux universe love this guy uh, he's the says alien the, homage yes 
Uh, really great fun. Made me smile. Of course, I would make him smile because he is the master of the guy. Love, and he is right. I mean, there was that when the when the child walks up to that first egg, it completely splits mm-hmm. like a Zeno baby or face hugger. Yeah. And you look in there, and, he, and then he just pulls in and starts fucking eating it. I like when he he goes in for like he starts eating the goo out of it. That's how fucking yeah. insatiable this thing's hunger is right it's, now. I'm so hungry. It's <laughs> very weird. All uh, right. Next up, Lima Four Photos, our good friend from our Discord, says, "My favorite was when the Rebel pilots saved Mando and Co. and let them let him go because he showed mercy to one of their own in the past." Y'all know how I am when it comes to troops and veterans, even if I'm not one myself. But I can say from my ob- observation slash exposure over the years that what happened there is a great representation of that unwritten code of honor slash uh, honor dynamic slash bond between people who have been in the shit yeah that was nick's fault reading i actually thought that was written pretty well so yeah I just we'll, we'll blame that one on nick he, he's catching my disease today i'm tripping all over my fucking tongue today yeah. i know i ate uh some <laughs> soup right it's like i we think the intern was in here earlier commenting when i messed up it just the beep boop bop bop beep because that's that's kind of what i'm sounding like right now all right fallen troopers up next when we yes. got a little insight of Mando and the kids' daily life, I mean, sleeping together in that little place or preparing the lunchbox, I, that is nice. When he, I, I did remember when it was like, damn, they sleep in a tiny-ass little fucking hole. And it was funny to see <laughs> the child, after he's you know murdering all these babies, sitting there with his own little plate, the meals all organized on it and shit. I don't know. It's just, I like just the little dumb shit. Sorry. Yeah. I'm brain dead. What do you want me to say? <laughs> The next one is from Puffy Dread 2670 I felt like we would get a counterpoint in here. He says, it fucking sucked. Three thumbs down. <laughs> There's Nick's friend right there. Oh, look who's here. Bossajan making the end of the liver. Oh, he's... I I finally, we finally saw a picture of this guy, by the way. Dude's got have, a... He's got a legit beard, and he got his Star Wars time hat from Greggy Boy. So thank you, Greg, for dis- dispersing them across the fake land down under. We speak your name. Very nice. It fucking sucked. <laughs> Three <laughs> thumbs down. Hey, that's that's his feelings right? on the matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, next up, we have Pop to- uh, Poptography 2020. Poptography? There we go. There you that's go. probably it. Uh, baby Yoda is always hungry. Ha ha. Every time he ate those, uh, eggs was hilarious. Also, this episode is definitely not a filler when you only got eight in a season. You can't afford to have that. That's kind of what I was saying. Like there, there will be some purpose to this, even if it's giving the kids the shits in episode three, you never know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. So the next one up is Wyatt Harden. He says the spider chase was cooler. Reminded me of Harry Potter and the chamber of secrets. That's kind of my thought on it as well uh was it was very harry potter i think this is almost a generational thing because i kind of went more towards the tolkien spiders yeah like Like, uh, like shelob and her brood and all that yeah yeah Yeah, i agree both of them Uh oh Uh, there's a big one out you want me to take the big one you take this one (laughs) this This is is from Wobo. trapper the keeper wolf trapper keeper he must be from the 80s i don't think anyone (laughs) does anyone Nick, do you know what? Did you have a trapper keeper? Yes, I did. I my I was never. My parents were never. Uh, I don't want to say we were poor, but they're like, "Fuck you! You're not getting a trapper like, keeper." You don't need that. Yeah, I, I always got like the knockoff kinds or like just shitty folders. 
Anyways, look, I turned out into a model citizen. All right, Trapper the Keeper Wolf making a return to the screen. I just love how they get Filoni some respect by using him this... Oh, they? You don't think he's fucking doing this shit? That's <laughs> <Yeah, it's> him. <laughs> love the callbacks to Chapter 6 of Prisoner. I did two tons of them. Where Din tried to save their Republic buddy, and when Mando asked for help with repairs, the pilots just pack up and fly away. Hilarious. I can understand the hate for this being a filler episode in quotes, but I think it will pay off in the next episode, just like yours truly said. As for Baby Yoda, every time he eats one of the eggs, it's hilarious. I'm starting to think Baby Yoda smokes way too much spice. Yeah. I'm wondering if he's not actually eating them, and we find out it's something completely different down the road. Weird, but who knows? I believe Klondike also had that theory that they're somehow gestating in his belly. So he's incubating them. Yeah, um... Got to Florida in less than a week. Good thing I live on the real part of the flat earth. Keep up the great content, guys. So he got his oh, hat. Oh, no. Also, I'm sorry. I fucked that up. That's a fuck up on me. Also, thanks for a Star Wars time hat. Got to Florida in less than a week. All right. Yeah, we did. We stole another hat, Nick. I didn't tell you. We are fully out of large XLs and running down on SMs. And someone emailed me today asking where they can get hats. So something is catching <laughs> on. I may have to refill inventory. I don't know. Just tell them that we're not doing enough. If we get five, we'll make more. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, at this point in time, I, I built a fucking store. I'll use it. It just comes down to how much money I want sitting out of my own in-hat inventory. So exactly. I'll, I'll like, think about a it. Lot of money. It'll probably uh, be getting through the holidays. I'm not that fucking rich. I got to like, you know, I got to keep the ruse going on, which yeah. means big fucking Barbie purchases this year. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, so last response is from Lottie1987, a member of our Discord as well. He says, as random as it is, I really enjoyed the whole intro scene from the feeling of speed and power from Mando Speeder to the whole gag with the jetpack. Loved it all. Mm -hmm. Great intro. Also loved during the initial scene with the X-Wings how they asked to change radio channels. Then after a brief pause, they both opened their S-Foils. Small couple of shots, but effective at yeah. activating the goosebumps. That was cool. I really do it's, like that's that. What I hey, mean. I just, Steve, can you go over to channel three now? Yeah, no. It's just this <laughs> little shit like that. It really does. I mean, just as I said earlier, yeah, it wasn't a fantastic, mind-blowing episode, but it's just the care and the detail that they put into every little thing and how it all ties together and how we're probably going to keep coming back to some of these motifs and characters. Uh, I don't know. I, I appreciate it, but I'm not going to tell you it was the best episode of all time it was you know it was an episode of the mandalorian and every episode of the mandalorian has something yes. to enjoy about right. it right um all right man it's that time we got through that quick so far we're we're, we're on track we're doing well i'm definitely going to be done be before 5 30 which is fantastic don't think i'm going to be done before five because it is time for the top Five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. That it is. And is this and is this a shitty boy week too? Is this a, a match shit? This is a match oh, shit okay. on himself. Well, week, I'll, so I'll make it quick this week. So let's <laughs> let's get right into it with the first yes. one up here. First one up here is one. Well, of hey, our we rolled seven thousand on IG. Yay for yes, us. I was going to mention that we hit seven thousand on IG. Thank you all for following us. But like now I get said us to earlier, fucking ten thousand so we can start using links at least yeah, in our stories. Once we you get cocksuckers. there, <laughs> once we get there, then we don't need to like have you guys you try to follow the link tree and all this other stuff. Like you can click on links in our posts. <laughs> so, uh, but like I said earlier, if you're following us and you're a misogynist who hates women, you should stop following us. Um, <laughs> Okay, so top five this week is 
first off, it's kicking off with at Daz Tibbles on yes. Instagram. I mean, Daz is one of our Lord favorites Tibbles. of all time. Like, we just can't, like, Daz is like super scoundrel. Bro, I've been following he, this guy since the entertainment Buddha days. Like, just yeah, his, remember, his yeah. geek art in general, which is, is typically Star Wars based. It does a lot of just fucking radical looking, edgy Star Wars animations. I'm still dumbfounded that Daz Tibbles isn't either running a division at Lucasfilm or Disney. Yeah, I know. Uh, this, like his artwork is just this next is just level his static. His, his static artwork is next level. You should yeah. see the fucking animations he did, like for Rogue One stuff. His uh, Dark Side Luke thing. I mean, unbelievable shit. Yeah. So if you need like uh, chapter artists, um, Disney or Lucasfilm. Called Daz because that's exactly what we have here. So what we have is like a like a poster style image of the uh, season one or episode one, season two Mandalorian, yeah. where you have the Marshall in big letters at the bottom. And then it's an absolutely incredible rendition of Cobb Vanth in the full Boba armor with the crate dragon kind of coming behind him, mouth open. Looks like he's about to kind of just eat him whole. But it's just the way like the depth in the image itself, the way that he has Cobb portrayed in the Boba armor, and then just that maw, that fucking deathly maw of the Krayt Dragon. Yeah, it's, it's just, just I, such a perfect It's thing. insane. This one of the best real-ass Star Wars painters out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe Daz is, this is all, like, hand-drawn, hand-colored in, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'm just going to flip to his profile real quick for those of that are uninitiated to uh darren tibbles here who, who's finally getting a following i can remember the days he had like five thousand followers it was disgusting uh well shit look at some of the i mean he doesn't tag us so i miss a lot of his stuff but i mean he's got a, a mythos boba up there now he's got the child eating some fucking eggs and it is his art style it's like he's mastered multiple different forms yeah i mean look at look at the portrait he has of the marshal aka cobb uh, he's doing figure figure packaging. I, I'm assuming he had something to do with this watch. If he keeps sharing it, it's absolutely insane what this dude creates. Oh yeah, like like even here, like a chibi style Mandalorian animation where the Mando is riding like a Razor Crest ride that you'd see outside of a grocery store. Are you kidding me, <laughs> dude? It's fucking awesome. I mean, he is a fantastic artist, and yes, you're right. He designed that watch. <laughs> that's being sold on uh, okay thanks well there we go he's finally getting some fucking opportunities from the official powers that be and he he deserves he deserves it more than anybody yeah I, like i said I, i'm talking i don't know the guy personally but as a an online douchebag a geek blogger i've been following this dude for probably eight years easy wow easy yeah. and i think everyone can see why just looking at his portfolio well well worth the follow at daz d-a-z-t-i-b-b-l-e-s on instagram definitely worth the follow everything he puts out like matt showed you is is gold i mean the guy doesn't doesn't have a bad yeah this, uh, excellent just excellent it's it's one of those artists that make us that can't use our hands with that shit can't draw straight lines it it, it seems like wizardry to me yeah, it, it just does us. not make sense yeah. Um, all right. So next up, we have a shot from at figure photo works on Instagram. And I really like this one just stood out to me immediately. I don't know if it's because of the color grading in the shot or if it's because of the way that he has Palpatine. It's the face. It, it, to me, it's, it, the, it's the Christmas of Palpatine's face. 
Yes, that's what I was going to say is, is that face. So what we see here is uh, is Emperor Palpatine. This is, you know, wrinkly old Emperor Palpatine in his Sith robes, but he has his lightsaber ignited behind him. And he's also shooting force lightning right. out of his front hand. And we, he's flanked by two what looks like well, Fox. I mean, this is cl- this would have to be Clone Wars era Palpatine. Because this, this that, that's Commander Fox. And then one of those, uh, what do we call him? Coruscant Shit. guards. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Thank yeah, you. Coruscant guards. Like I'm the uh, you're the one that collects all these dumb fucking things. <laughs> yeah. So this has to be almost directly post episode right. three, then, or like right after yeah, he gets I mean, melted. It, it, sometimes toy photography, we get a little liberal and loose with timelines and the characters yeah. <laughs> we mash together. I'm sure I'm going to get yelled at because I think I had some. Uh, like scout troopers in a Cad Bane shot. And if we go Way off to fucking of, go, Matt. I know if we go off of <laughs> unwritten canon, Cad Bane technically died during the clone war. So yes, I'm a fucking loser, but yeah. Nick, it, it is, it's, it is the tone of the shot. I mean, it looks like there's some soft proofing going on here that, that makes it look soft, but mm-hmm. I think that's why his face contrasts so well, because there is such a crisp focus on Palpatine's face uh, it looks like he added in a, a few light accents to give him the Sith eyes there. And it just, it, yeah. it's, it, 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 um, it reminds me of the power that this character has yet. He never showed because he always wanted to look decrepit. It, it, it's exactly. like the Palpatine. I just explained that showed up in the most recent Vader comic where he literally crumbled Vader into a ball of shit and left him at the banks of a Mustafar in lava river. Yeah. It's like, it's that moment where like if you've ever seen these like and one basketball videos where like there's a guy that's dressed as like an old man that's like standing around the court and everybody's making fun of him. And then he like, yeah, it's Uncle Drew basketball. It's, uh, yeah, Uncle, Uncle Drew. Drew, the movie where he just schools everybody. <laughs> and that's exactly what fucking yeah, Palpatine is. Exactly. Like you see him sitting there. He's like, oh, I'm dying. I can't move. And then he just fucking blasts you with lightning. Unlimited power. <laughs> whips out his saber does a few fucking backflips over your head and then you don't have any any limbs anymore he's a creepy motherfucker too but yeah yeah, i mean this this fantastic palp shot from at figure photo works uh a really good count i mean it's it's an account that we we featured before i don't know in top five but i know i featured on the page and yes my friends those that are glued to being featured or getting featured the hashtags are still disabled yeah they're still down uh please tag and hashtag we want to keep the system going but the only way i'm guaranteed to see shots now are through at mentions or at tags like that Mm -hmm. Uh, the hashtags are just way out of order there'll be a few recent ones then it'll jump back like a week or so and i just i don't have the time to fucking dick off with that shit there we go so all right moving on next one here next up i'm really liking the inclusion of these kid fistos and these plo coons to our uh i mean just to the to the general photo landscape because this one here by joe john joe jong mon j-o jong mon yeah j-o-j-o-n-g-m-o-n is a perfect kit fisto shot yes and people love putting kit fisto in water and it's because he looks great in water. He's a Nautilin. That's like what he's comfortable in. So we see Kit Fisto standing knee deep in water with a bunch of B1 battle droids just cut down around him, rain wa- washing across his body and his saber. Mm-hmm. And what I really like about this shot is that he, he has that subtlety in there where like you can see some of the droplets colliding with 
the saber and like you can see at certain points of it like the saber kind of flaring out a little bit yeah i i think uh, this is definitely a mix of practical water and some after touches to kind of highlight it uh, my favorite thing is is almost the it's the dreamlike haze that we got the, going yeah. on there i yeah. really like the the atmosphere that joe jongman went for I, I don't quote me on this, people, but I believe Joe Jongman is either a work more or less or Black Series protege. Okay. Uh, I think I, I just remember Joe Jongman coming to us in our DMs asking how to get involved in this little circle jerk we do with each other every week. And he said something like, hey, this person or this person referred me here. So uh, it, it's actually for the quality of work JoJo puts out here or Joe John. Uh, his real name Sean James A. Escobia. Uh, not a great following. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, this, this is guy, another one where you just you, you you scratch your head and you're like, okay, Instagram. I don't know what's going on here. Oh, yeah. here it comes. I told you it might be coming. The party's starting right here, right in the live stream. Here, listen, everybody. Ready? Oh, bingo! Shit. Yeah, now we're gonna get crazy. I'll be here till eight o'clock, screaming and, <laughs> and saying shit that I shouldn't say on camera. No, we'll stick with it. I'm just I'm getting started here, so the missus doesn't blow yes, me away. That's, All right. that's Matt's cue. Like, hey, hurry up, fucker. I was it. I told her. I so, said, hey, if you're gonna start popping some brews, and I'm still jabbing, you bring one down for me, please. And here we go. It's right here. Yeah. It's even covered, so we don't have to worry about like licensing issues, labels, or anything. All right, check that out. That was out. a good, good move. I do. Uh, I recommend this for any beer drinker. The Yeti Single Koozie is the greatest thing ever made. All right. Yeah. So Joe Jongman on Instagram uh, definitely deserves more of a following. Only 452 followers. I really do hope that. He's, you know, learning a lot from his pro, you know, from his his Jedi master toy right. photographer, whether it be work more or less or whether it be um, Black Series. Uh, so good to know. Uh, Odizzle wants to know the brand that you're drinking, but we can't reveal that. That'll, um, that'll get us ripped <laughs> boosh. from YouTube. <laughs> Look at Tone saying boosh. Uh, I'm not that American, buddy. Like when I drink <laughs> shitty beer, I drink quality Coors Light. Uh, these days I don't really partake in, in the, in the shitty stuff. I'm, I'm an IPA head. Yeah. Uh, so this is, let me, hear. I can even tell you just by smell. Uh, <laughs> this would be, this is definitely from Voodoo. I believe it is the, it's the black can. I think the Ranger. Let me look. Nick, you can move on to the next one. While I'm All right. Next up, we have a shot here from Caius Photography, K-A-I-U-S Photography on Instagram. Actually, and my wife's stronger shot. than me, and I can't even unscrew my koozie right now, so I'm going to have to ask her for help. So we're just not going to find <laughs> Never out. Never mind. We won't get there. But this is a, this oh, is a pop go. shot. This is Matt's original toy photography love. And what we have is a, a shot of the Mando and the baby floating and the baby's in his pram floating through the deserts of Tatooine. We have some excellent um just love, an love excellent this, man. setup love in this. terms of the environment. So you have um, like mountains in the background, everything like for, that. For those care front. about my alcoholism, I was way the fuck off. So don't ever put me in a beer tasting contest. It's Southern Tears New Juice IPA. It's a it's a nice little fruity blend, six and a half percent. There we go. So for those of you who can get that where you are, pick it up. I, dude, uh, I, went, we, I went nuts last, like, because we're, 
we're back to the world is on fire in terms of the virus here. I and mean, we've always been there, but we're literally, it's a thousand times more dangerous to go out now than it was in March when we were all locked down. So now we're back to like big store runs. I think this last time I dropped $150 on IPA. <laughs> wow. Holy fuck. Uh, yeah. Oh, Tones, that, I know what you're talking sense. about. I just saw someone shot. Tones is in the chat. They have Stormtrooper beer. And I think that the account, for some reason, they stopped tagging us, but I like them. They're Photoy72. This just goes to show you how odd my, my photographic memory is sometimes. But he has almost like Sir Dork style shots with Stormtrooper beer, like figures oh, fucking God. up the beer cans with their lightsabers and stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking hilarious. But anyway, sorry, sorry. Uh, and, and by the way, this used to be Funko Caius. Uh, he has, it looks like he wants to expand or she beyond the Funko line, even though that's what we're looking at right now and have become Caius Photography. But as Nick was saying, this is a, a, a gem of a Funko shot. Uh, I know some people make fun of Funko photographers because they're, they're kind of static. There's not much you can do with it. Being someone that started in that community, like that's where I got into the toy photography game. I can tell you there's some motherfuckers there that that work magic, work magic with these Funko Pops, which the Star Wars lines these days, half of them are glued to their fucking bases. So you even got to like figure out ways how to cover that uh, that type of shit out. So I, I always do appreciate a quality Funko shot. There's a ton of shitty ones, just like there's a ton of shitty action figure shots. Uh, but when someone takes the time, they're like really craft out a scene here for the pops. It 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 looks fantastic. Yeah, I mean this was this is definitely one of them, and you can go to to Caius's page and see a ton of great Funko shots. I mean, the one that he posted recently a week ago of the Boba fucking blasting out of the Sarlacc pit yeah, with his yep. that is just yep. so so fantastic. Um, so the, yeah, I mean this one in particular, the baby in his pram and and Mando walking through Tatooine desert just well executed well staged all of the things that are around him really sell the tattooing yeah, notice feel to uh, it. the rule of three really is i mean it, it's a simple concept that's why i always recommend for idiots that can't just see it turn that damn grid on on your display in your phone it does help <laughs> uh, you know what i'm talking about those that use it especially if you're shooting from a viewfinder you can turn on the option to have a uh, typically like a nine square grid or more than that i like the nine square grid because it makes it very easy to see where the thirds are in the intersection points. And that's typically where you want to place something that a human's eye will look at. Uh, yeah, good stuff here. Caius Photography, if you're in the Defunco scene, great follow. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you picked this one because I... This you know, this a lot one. of times you look at shots like this, you're like, oh, is it, is it a great photography shot? It, it is because of the idea and the execution. Exactly. So this one here is from at Castle Run Cameras, and it is <laughs> exactly it. it is a shot of uh, Donald Glover Lando, so Solo Lando doing exactly yeah. what you would think the Calrissian Chronicles, did. man. Yeah, like he is, <laughs> he's sitting there and he is recounting, like like you said, yes, he's recounting the Calrissian Chronicles, but he's also like. I think he's re-watching himself doing it. And he's like, like the way that I looked at it was like, he's re-watching it and he's like critiquing himself. Uh, yeah, or but, doing it live. It's just, I mean. Yeah, or doing it live, something and like And like that. I said, I mean, I would argue this shot, it's, it, it, it pops because of the after stuff, like the post-processing. Yeah. 
But it still had to be set up in a way to get the effect in there. The idea had to be generated in Kessel Run Camera's head. Uh, and and like I said, it, it got executed perfectly. And this is, as soon as I saw it, I believe <laughs> I that it. was his initial, uh, whatever the fuck, it's not a comment. Why am I so dumb right now? I've only had a few sips. Captioned, Jesus, Nick, yes. you got to help me on shit like that. <laughs> I, was, I was, I didn't know where you were going. But I, I, I his like, initial caption did it. Was, yeah. it was, he's doing, he's recording an episode of the Calrissian Chronicles, and yeah, it's perfect. Chapter five. So you even get like the like the mirrored image. You know how the arms on different sides. I mean, I, yeah, it, it, I love I, the mirror. That's what really sells this and makes it as good as it is. Is that mirror? <laughs> so you you can see what he did. Like he took this shot here from his back, but you know he had to flip around and take the front facing right. shot so he could get. The face he could get everything in that that hollow recording style that we see in the blue. Um, I mean, it's just it it is peak Lando. It's oh, that's what I was gonna say. Good, it's, it's such it's a as good Lando shot. as it gets. I mean, this is Baron. What's his full fucking name? Baron Lando the, something Balthazar Balthazar Calrissian the third. The third. Yeah, I, I know. There's numbers third. in there too. What a fucking pimp. Yeah. So uh, all right. it's just this was one of those creative <laughs> shots where I was like, man, just for the creative one, it's a good shot all around. Two, the creativity behind it. And three, you've perfectly captured the essence of this Star Wars character in in, in this shot. It definitely had to be a top five or so. <coughs> Excuse me. At Kessel Run cameras on Instagram. Uh, well worth a follow. Again, another we have a couple of, uh, a, of you know lower follower accounts. Self-described sure beginner toy photographer. That, yeah, that requires that deserves some following. So we've had other people tell us once we grace their account with the Star Wars Time Show juju that they see an increase in followership. So hopefully that plays out for a few yeah. of our featured artists this week. I hope that happens. It looks like uh, Kessel Run is a big fan of the solo stuff too, because we can see some Val in there. We see mm -hmm. some young uh, young Lando Beckett. I, I mean, um, Nick, honestly, the, the solo line of Black Series figures are some of the best looking figures in terms of their, their face sculpts that they've had for a, a movie, a trilogy, whatever. I mean, they really, yeah. the Lando, the Han... The uh, Kira, they all were spot on. The Emphis, it just it was a great line of figures for a movie that supposedly everyone thought was a pile of shit. Yeah, I mean, it's a great movie again. Um, so give him a follow as well as all of the, our other top five members. I will say real quick before we get into the Matt breakdown, I got my Sir Dork shirt. So thank you, Jared, for sending that over. It fits perfectly. It looks fantastic. And it feels great. This, this is a top quality shirt as well. These shirts that Jared has are yeah. Are, I, I are forgot to mention that last week. It it's a it's a line. It's a, it's an a, it, the type of shirt is what I used to use on my Buddha shirts. It's that kind of soft, stretchy shit. Yeah. It's not like the hardcore starchy cotton. So yeah, yeah. Qual quality shir shirts from the dork. I can't speak to our own shirts because I still haven't fucking bought one. <laughs> and yeah, based I on what Nick said, I, I need to buy a real one and not get the sample because the samples are literally like they just fucking do one press on the screen print, wipe yeah. their ass with it and then mail it to you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because like since we own the shop we can get samples and those are literally meant for you to like put on a mannequin and hang up. Like they're not meant for you to wear. Yeah. They look like vomit. Um, I, I still I think Baron and uh, OAC are the only buyers of that merch. So yeah, far. And, and Spencer said that they were pretty good. Somebody bought a hoodie, like a zip up hoodie. I, I think, think, or I think that was, was OAC. Oh, that was OAC. Okay. Yeah. 
I, I I was thinking about getting myself a zip up hoodie when I uh, get I I, I plan on getting one of everything. It's just it, it's okay. something I never think to do. I'm sorry, I just don't. Like I'm yeah. either these days I'm 100 percent obviously committed to being a preschool instructor as well as a college instructor on top of free time dedicated to Star Wars time. So uh, I just forget. Once we get to the nighttime, I'm usually these days falling asleep You're by 11, <laughs> 12. Yeah. So I, I, I plan to get at least a tea, a long and a hoodie. Yep. There we go. So Matt, that brings us into turn, our huh? Haywood pop shot breakdown of the week. So eh. why don't you tell us what we got here and how you achieved this okay. masterpiece? Uh, this is a, I don't want to say very recent, but uh, this would have been right when we got the Black Series child figure released. Uh, so it was that probably last spring, maybe. And what we're looking at in my mind, I was like, oh, hey, my buddy is using his his woodshop 3D printer to make me 3D printed Star Wars accessories. I'm too lazy to fucking paint them. <laughs> Not that I give a shit. They look gray. That's good enough for me. But I want to use them in a shot. So literally, I wheeled out like the generic Star Wars looking barrel, the Star Wars circle crates. And I had the child, and I was like, yeah, let's, let's see what we can do with him. So the shot is of the child. He's facing the barrel. The barrel's up in the air. And on top of the barrel, what do we see but a little frog snack? <laughs> so I guess in my mind, because we've gone over this, I don't pre-plan shots. I grab a gaggle of figures. I grab my... Uh, I, I kind of call it my uh, toy shooting box because it's got my atmosphere aerosol, my drain guns, my uh, light stands, my lights, some of my backgrounds that I can use like dio backgrounds. And I run out and I just roll with it. Figure on the table, figure on the table, accessory. Okay, look in the camera, move them, look in the camera, move, move, move. All right, I got a scene. I'm going to shoot it. Uh, so I, I'm assuming my idea was here that we know the baby loves frogs. Mm-hmm. Yep. The frog was on a barrel. The baby's trying to get said frog. So he is using his force powers to blow the barrel and get the frog off of it. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a great shot. I wouldn't even say it's a great idea. Uh, the only thing I guess I like about this is that the <laughs> is that baby Yoda's in focus and I used <laughs> practical effects. Like no, The no, dust looks really good. Yeah, like, no, no I, fucking I like around. That That's... The way that looks, I'm assuming that is a atmosphere aerosol dust kick up shot. Okay. Where I'm using the force coming out of the can, which also spitting out some white smoke, but because of the aerosol, I also get some of the natural dust to kick up. And I, and I can't stress enough, those of you that can shoot outside or those of you that like to go practical, one of the best things I ever did, especially for shooting outside, and it's going to sound fucking strange. I collected a bucket of mud and, and over time let it dry and I would smash it up to the point where I essentially have a full ass bucket of fine dirt that can pass as sand, mud, whatever, that is fantastic to use to blow up into shots because it's so fine. It adds a lot of great atmosphere. And you're like, well, dude, there's mud everywhere. Well, you, you don't know. Maybe you live somewhere that's wet. I just, I now have a guaranteed source of lovely dust particles to use whenever I shoot outside. 
There you go. I never even thought about that. Like I, that never even crossed my mind where it's like, oh yeah, well, they just shot somewhere where there's sand. Well, sometimes you, there's not it, sand there. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean though? Like, cause I used to be like, oh, I'll just dig up some dirt for this day and throw a shot down. And fine. It looks like wet mud, but you don't get any, any extra out of wet mud. It, it, it might yeah. make a, na- a nice flooring for your shot. But you can't use it to bounce off of the light. And that's what you get with the more fine, dusty type of shit. Yeah. Uh, plus, it's free. You just got to dig up the dirt. Like I said, you got to let it dry. And then like an asshole, sit in, your, sit in your driveway and just fucking smash it into little particles. I okay. also, this is my one of my own little tips. It's probably stupid. But I save ash from my fire sometimes to also mix into this stuff or use as its own uh, ground covering because that obviously would would uh, particle up quite well yeah. when blown and reflected off of a backlight there you go so good insights there great shot here from matt yeah I'm, I'm not even angry that's that just goes to show you with my brain if you just give it a little bit of poison <laughs> in this case alcohol and I, i've had maybe two sips that's how quickly i can temper my demons it's yeah, it's kind of sad like from- if you want to get real life i probably should be on some sort of prescription drugs for the chemical imbalance in my brain like 100 percent. being honest i don't want to do that shit so i i I self-medicate i'm not a fucking drunk i only drink on the weekends today's a special day but i can tell you as someone that is always on edge and ready to kill the moment (laughs) i get any sort of external poison a calm takes over and i i finally realize what it must be like to be normal just just brings him down so Matt just needs to be on a constant drip. I, I probably of, should be on lithium or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm t- I wake up with a fucking anger and an edge. That you need to be a wake makes baker. no sense. That no, I can't do that shit. Fuck that. <laughs> I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of that stuff, but you know, you get, you got to be productive, and I can be productive on pretty much anything. But got to draw some lines, Nick. <laughs> you got to draw some lines. That's true. All right, people. That's it. We uh, we did three hours anyways. I, I fucked pretty much everything, but I guess we are off by five thirty. So uh, it was fun. What, what can I say? I, I I do look forward to this every week, especially in the middle of the Mandalorian. I mean, that just makes this little meeting we have on Tuesdays so much more rewarding and entertaining. And Matthew Palanca in the chat, no problem. Will always call out pieces of shit. Right? He is referring to uh, Gina Carano. Gosh, All right. I'm not seeing some of these messages, but it might just be me. <laughs> in the anyway. chat? Or yeah. just Gina's Twitter feed? In the chat. All right, I was going to say, there's no reason to look at Gina's Twitter feed. All right, <laughs> people, it's time to fucking shut this episode down. So let's do a little bit of the Star Wars Time Show dance. We're shaking. We're shimmying. You can see those boobies moving. All right, people, we love you. The best way you can stay in touch with us in between every episode, every live stream of the Star Wars Time show is to mosey on over to StarWarsTime.net. If you're new here, what are you doing here? Hopefully we didn't scare you away. Hopefully you stick around. A lot of people tell us we're pretty awesome. I don't tend to believe them, but I'm going to take their words for it. So if you are new and you want to get involved in the Star Wars Time Show, if you want to be in the top five, like I said, we do all that on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. Follow the account. Tag us. That is the account in all of your Star Wars art. Yes, art, not just toy pictures, anything. You could make a job of the hut out of a pile of dog shit. And if you tag us, 
I'll look at it. We also want you to use our hashtag Star Wars Time Show to make us look like we have a movement going. All right. I think we're at like 42,000 uses of it. That's fantastic. It's still not good enough. Just like our following isn't good enough. You motherfuckers might have got us to our goal in November, but it went down to the stretch. And like I've been saying, we don't like sitting on a plateau. We need to go beyond the motherfucking 2,000 downloads a month. And it's up to you, the Star Wars Time Show Warrior Squad, the live streamers, the diehards, the nuts, the super fans. We see you. We see what you're doing. We get the messages. We love the scouting. We love the recruitment. But it's never going to be enough for me. You'll know when it's enough because I'll tell you it's enough. So until you hear that, keep soldiering on. It's all about the Star Wars Time Show. All you got to do, all you have to tell them, the non-believers, is go to StarWarsTime.net. And they're going to be like, why? And you're going to say, I don't know, just go there. Their content is on every other Star Wars site, but it's the Star Wars Time Show spin. That's why we come to StarWarsTime.net. It's also where you can get LinkedIn with our podcasts. This week, I might even add two new outlets. Because you never know. You never know. If you build it, they may come. Pandora, that was the reason for our latest bump in followers and listeners. So maybe Amazon will take us to the level that comes next. But until we start getting 1,000, 2,000, 10,000 people concurrently watching the live stream, I will sit here and pout like a little narcissistic Star Wars fan podcaster baby. All right? Help Nick out. Help you all out. You guys don't like hearing this same shit over and over again. I don't like speaking it over and over again. I like speaking your names. I like speaking Din. I like speaking the child. Not sitting here being a salesman. You know we're fucking awesome. I know I'm the best. I know Nick's second best. What else do you need to know? StarWarsTime.net. There's always time for Star Wars time. Say it with me. There's always time for Star Wars time. And remember... If you, I'm talking to you, listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.